Trophies on PC. Amy Hennig's Lady Liberties. I said the wrong word, too. That's all right. It happens. Lady Liberators, Chris. Apparently, the intro is just going to keep looping. You know, (laughs) the whole episode is just us talking over the intro. That'd be good. Sick beat for two hours or whatever. It, all we'd have to do is just make the episode like a spoken word chronicle to that beat, you know? Yeah. Every piece of news be like, this is the beat. That we, <laughs> it'd be oh, terrible. I'm sorry. I didn't write the news as a rap. <laughs> I mean, you could have. The Pokemon rap in the in the late 90s and early 2000s was an absolute bop. And I don't know if you remember the Digimon rap, also a bop. No. Nobody remembers the story the is rap. We would be a lot more popular if we had a rap that all the kids knew because uh, that's how that's how things work, Chris. Get with the times, okay? This isn't the 1960s about, anymore. Doug? This is the what, 2000s. What are you talking about? <laughs> Don't you make just, me write a rap to our beat. Did you I will just do say, it. You're just saying words at the moment. I don't <laughs> words at fast speed and a rhythmic cadence, yes. That's exactly what I'm calling for, Chris. All right. But you know what, Chris? For anybody who is new to this show, I guess it's time that we tell them, welcome to Triangle Square, the PlayStation podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me, hating on the the musical rhythms of the early 2000s is one. Uh, Chris Figgs. I'm very uh, Chris much. Figgs. I'm going to change your title card on the video version and say, uh, Chris Figgs. <laughs> That works for me. It's more apt. I also have no problem with rap music. Sure. Sure you don't. Go and listen to your David Go listen to your David Matthews. Oh hell yeah. Yeah, go go listen to him and your and your Taylor Swift's actually hey. shit. Taylor Swift Taylor Swift does rappy stuff, doesn't she? Yeah. She's a <laughs> Didn't she go? She lived through that age where all pop songs mysteriously had one rap verse in them. Do you remember those? Like the late 2000s? Yeah, I, I do remember, remember uh, that. There was that Selena Gomez song. Uh, what, what song was it? Come it wasn't naturally. Uh, <laughs> it was, yeah, the, are you ready for it? <laughs> and That's then you have that part No, this is a completely different. I didn't want to get into it. I love Selena Gomez's Kiss and Tell album. I just wanted you to know. Um, but now her and Taylor Swift may have a very similar sounding song. I'll let you know that too. If but you, the song I'm talking to has her go, yeah, I'm ready for it. Really ready for it. Yeah, I'm ready for it. <laughs> you talking about Taylor Swift or Selena Gomez? No, talking about Selena Gomez. I'm pretty sure you're wrong, but that's okay. We can move on. Hold on. Now you got it. Now you got me over here. Look, it's Selena Gomez in the scene. Uh, and the song is called Tell Me Something I Don't Know. And the chorus goes like, tell me, tell me, tell me something I don't know. And then randomly in the middle of this is a verse from a rapper because that was that era. All right. Like, you just have to listen to it. You can trust me for now. And I'll trust you that there's probably a Taylor Swift song that sounds almost identical but we'll have to wait and see. (laughs) I'll trust you. If you trust me, Chris, put your fate into my hands and I shall return the favor. (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. 
I'll Look, do that. you have your Taylor Swift. I have my Selena Gomez. We'll we'll have to trust each other on the veracity of the musical knowledge. Though mine will be limited to Selena Gomez in the scene. I know a little bit of Selena Gomez's stuff when she started doing completely solo. But uh, yeah, you know, let me like my weird music choices and I'll let uh-huh. you like your weird music choices. Ooh, I will go from was... Selena Gomez to Guar to Periphery um, to the Sweeney Todd soundtrack because I can do that. And this is America. God bless America. Uh, I say that as if you can't do that in most other countries. But yeah. Spotify is an international company, dog. Oh, bro. Uh, you know, it's not Spotify. Listen, Google Play Music. Actually, it's YouTube Music now. But Yikes. let me let me use my old man terms. That <laughs> Yikes. Get on it's your like Yahoo with, with your AOLs. Who uses Tidal. Tidal's actually sick for one reason. Up until recently, they were one of the only things where you had high quality MP3. So if you're like a real audiophile, it helped because you were streaming wave files, higher quality, which is nice. Fuck yeah. But everybody else is catching up, bro. I listen, that's don't be hating on anybody. But listen, this is a gaming podcast, Chris, as you may know. Okay. This is a gaming podcast viewed through the lens of PlayStation fans, not viewed through the lens of, I guess, technically it is viewed through the lens of fans of Selena Gomez and Taylor Swift and a multitude of other things. But we're focusing on gaming right now. So listen, I want to start this show off the way we always do. And that's giving the listeners who have been very patient because we know this episode should have been up technically today, uh, but... My internet was giving me problems. And now I have a new modem and router combo that looks like an Xbox Series X, uh, which I told Chris I thought was very funny because the joke was always <laughs> that the PlayStation 5 was supposed to look like a router. And yet, this looks like a Series X. And my last modem looked like a, uh, a 1X. So, uh, who looks like a router now? Anyway, Chris, what have you been playing? Let the people know. Uh, Cult of the Lamb. Hey, one game. Almost like you hyper fixated on something. Now, what about the 13 other games that you inevitably tried and then played for five minutes and stopped playing? No, I played Cult of the Lamb. Look at and, you. And MLB and Apex, but that doesn't really count. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, MLB and Apex count. Did you play them? I did play them, but I always play them. I don't know. You weren't clearly in the show, but like the first 50 episodes, maybe it was a little bit later because I think it came mm-hmm. out, but... Once Dark Souls 3 came out, like 30 episodes in, like the next 30 episodes at the very least, every week saw it play. Yeah, I played Dark Souls 3. <laughs> that, was, that was it. Yeah, that's my thing. I don't feel like I need to say the live service games that I've talked about multiple times on this show that I still play said live service. I still play Apex and MLB the show every every day. But most of that's most of my gaming being between those. Yeah, I feel. I mean, clearly I know just from talking to you this week that you've been on Cult of the Lamb a lot. Um, quick pitch for Cult of the Lamb, because I know clearly you've you've been loving the hell out of it. For anybody listening who you think, uh, what, what, what's your quick pitch sale to get people to play it? It can be as short as you want. I mean, I guess for you it's Rune Factory with a roguelike dungeon crawler with a cult that you manipulate. It's okay. pretty great. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty sick. Like I was telling you, I had that whole experience with you <laughs> in, in Cult of the Lamb, where I started naming all my 
followers after people I knew. So it felt more real, man. And then, yeah, you uh, you started dissenting from the cult. And I hadn't bought, um, I hadn't learned the crafting for a prison yet, so I just sacrificed you to the, the chained one and have not brought you back to life. Well, I love how you, uh, you, you're so willing to tell that part of it, but you're not willing to tell the part about the mechanics behind why people start to dissent to begin with. You, you want to let people know why my character was so done with you? Yeah, your character lost faith and yeah. started saying dissenting opinions, so he got got. Yeah, and I lost faith because because why? Because you sucked and you kept dying. <laughs> I died, died once <laughs> in that game, and it caused you to, to <laughs> descend from the, the cult. Man, That's, I am a I'm a very strict person in that game. I'm like, listen, I've got faith in you, in you until you fuck up. You fuck up once, and yep. we're done. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's all right, Chris. Maybe I'm not that way in person. I guess we'll just have to wait and find out. If I ever start a cult, I'll be fascinated to see. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to think that I wouldn't, I wouldn't be pulled into a cult. Have but I you ever, never know. I don't think I've talked to you about it. Have I ever told you my my plan that I'd like to start a secret society, but it is nothing more than like dudes chilling. But like the way we do it is that we get we just get some people, some random people who are in it. We get like cops right you got to get cops because all cops are freemasons so you get that little connection and then (laughs) that's like not a joke either (laughs) please please continue please but then i'm fascinated you just get famous people you get maybe not famous people you see kids in like college and you're like you have potential you want to join this cult but you don't have to call it a cult you just you want to join this club so then as time passes and the history books eventually have evidence of the secret club that has persisted throughout the years. And just multiple people of high importance have been in this club, but it just means absolutely nothing. So basically the Illuminati, but without any actual influence. Yes, exactly. It's literally like you have to make, we have to make it big enough that literally anyone, like if we got viral on TikTok with this and everyone like was like, I'm in this club, I'm like, got to take it really seriously. They pass it down and throughout the ages, there was an internet club that still persists to this day. And it'll only focus on like if LeBron makes a TikTok about it and he's like, I'm in the triangle squared again. <laughs> <laughs> history will have evidence that LeBron once mentioned the triangle squared against. And then in like 50, 50, 60 years. Yeah, exactly. That's it. 50, 60 years, a hundred years, 200 years. People are like, yo, what the hell was going on with the triangle squared against? Cause there is evidence of so many people being in the triangle squared against. That's, that's my goal. This sounds like the game, you know, what game I'm talking about. Where yeah, yeah, yeah. the Fuck only, you, the only, every, everyone just lost, yes. <laughs> but point being, right, is there's, you don't ever have to describe what the game is because it just, just being able to say the game is like the point of it. So that sounds like you're just trying to make that like mechanism work, but just in a club. The only problem I have is 
can you explain to me why if we don't actually do anything, people would want to like pass this down for generations? Or do you only want to do it for like a, like a year and just for one year, get a bunch of people into it and then never touch, talk about it again. And then randomly no. internet historians will be like, what the fuck was this? But that's what I'm saying. If the club does nothing, but people of import are in the club, it gets to a point in a hundred, 200 years like, what if the, the Illuminati is just a bunch of dudes who, like, had tea on Sundays? But because they were in that club... The mystery around it gives exactly. it the... Yeah. Okay. I'm in. Anyway, Cult of the Lamb is pretty good. <laughs> you you died. Um, a lot of people I named after people from my job died. Um, but I still have a couple of them. You can resurrect followers. So I have, like, a level six character that's someone from my job who is like 240 years old because I just keep resurrecting her. It's pretty great. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I, hope that's, great. Uh, I hope that's not the way you manage. <laughs> I, I don't care if you're done. You need to get the fuck back in here <laughs> because I need you. <laughs> it's like, yo, I'm dead. You could be here in 15 minutes, though. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the worst manager of all time. I'm sure that that's there's a good amount of managers who probably, if they thought they could socially get away with it, would try it. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm sorry. This is Billy's mom. He passed away. Oh, do you think you could be here in 15 to cover his shift? <laughs> I guess it was worth a try. It was. Uh, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. Cult of the Lamb. Um, I know that this seems completely disconnected because it 99% of the way is, but it's just on my head for some reason thinking about. Uh, no, that's your downloadable. hair. um but thinking about smaller downloadable games um did you get a ps4 at launch yes i did did you ever play a game called super motherload no i did not but i know you have you okay i don't even know why that came to mind with this but that's one of those like i think about every now and then because i remember playing the flash game called motherload uh, whenever I was in high school and you're just, you know, uh, junior high and high school when you're just on computers at school and they put up the things where you're not supposed to be able to go through anything, the firewalls, and then you just find ways to go through it anyway. <laughs> so I remember playing those types of games, the flash games at school. And I always loved that one. And I beat it a million times at school. And then that game was like a, the same game, but way bigger and the same general purpose. But that game is really fun. I actually, I bought it. Uh, that was like one of the first, it was the first game I played because um, I was really excited for it. If you ever are just bored, you should go download it from my list and give it a try. I'll give it a try. I always wish that it had made it to the Vita because I felt like it's a great handheld game, something you could pick up and put down real easily. Um, but that didn't happen. <laughs> you didn't do <laughs> so, that. Hey, like I said, somebody ported Sonic Mania to the Vita. Maybe somebody can port Super Motherload to the Vita. I'm sure it's possible. It came out on PS3, weirdly enough, so I'm a little surprised it skipped Vita, but eh, I guess that's life. Uh, yeah, so I have been playing Killzone Mercenary um, because, hey, it's almost like I hyperfixated on a game again. Uh, it's all I can do because it's just the way my brain works. So basically any time where I'm not working or doing things that I have pre-existing plans for, I am playing that game. Mm -hmm. Good news, I'm down to one trophy. 
bad news is I still need about 1,750 kills. <laughs> That's not that bad. To, to get the final trophy that I need. But I will have finally platinum the kill zone game. And I like that. That feels good because th- there is something about when you do care about trophies, but you really love a series and you feel like you don't have a platinum in it. You feel like, am I like betraying my love for this series by not <laughs> having earned a platinum? Yeah, I get but, that. Yeah, you know, not having an Assassin, Assassin's Creed platinum on this uh, account kills me. I can kind of see that, but I guess the thing that is a lot of the games that I'm talking about that are like this, like the Resistance series or Killzone, which I adore, the issue is that they had online trophies, and I've just never really cared to get online trophies like that. Um, so, I mean, I've actually had a good time getting the online trophies for Killzone Mercenary. To be fair, I had most of them from 2013 when the game launched, but the hard yeah. ones to get... Um, <laughs> yeah, the hard really... one to get really. There was two: a hundred matches and aces high are the grindy trophies for the multiplayer. Really kills me that I didn't get aces high. I did not. I stopped playing Killzone by the way immediately. In case anyone was curious about how my Killzone experiment went, I didn't get aces high on the eleventh, and I went did deleted it immediately. I helped break at one trophy, and I was just it was gone. Over. He did. I'll I had a feeling that right after you logged off of the game. Also, it's funny. I was sitting there playing. I, you killed me, and then because I was finally, I got that thing, yeah. uh, the the Trank tr- uh, trophy. I just started actually playing the rest of that match. Like I didn't immediately leave. Oh yeah. Uh, so I started playing the rest of the match, and I climbed to the top of the leaderboard, and I thought you were still in there, and I was gonna be like, "See, look, bro, I told you I was pretty good." <laughs> and then I looked, and I was like, "Chris is gone. He left immediately." <laughs> oh yeah, but we didn't tell the best part of that story of when I tranked you, and then another guy came to kill you, and I sacrificed my life, body blocking for you to stay alive. You saving Private Ryan to me. I mean, I, I don't even know how else to say that. You definitely, you threw your body. Now, he ended up killing me, but right after I stood up from the trank. So I got the trophy. That's all that matters. <laughs> That's all that matters. I saw him coming, and I'm like, no. It was a pretty sick moment, and I could see it from my point of view, like all hazed out from the trank. Oh, like, that's standing up and watching your body like. Duk, duk, duk. <laughs> it was it was cool. It was cool. Uh, but yes, I will finally have that trophy out from underneath me. Now, conversely, what I did do today, as I was waiting for you to get off and get back home so we could do the episode, is um, there's been two games I've been really, really wanting to replay. Uh, and so I took the opportunity to go ahead and grab them. And uh, one that I thought of a few times and I saw the opportunity, I was like, I'm going to go ahead and grab that too. But I've been wanting to replay the MotorStorm series. And I went to our nice. local uh, game uh, store and found the first MotorStorm. It's the only one they had. So I bought it. Um, I bought Killzone 2 because as I told you, I had traded my original copy in and I've been hankering to play that again. Yeah. Uh, so I bought that and I bought Lair. The often internet maligned game saying that it was crappy, but I was watching gameplay over the other day and it looked sick. I got I. I don't know. It was one of those games where I missed because I didn't have a lot of money. And by the time that I did, it was just kind of that game that was often laughed off. But I figured for $6, it's worth a shot. It's definitely worth a shot. Let's see. If it sucks, then oh well. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, I've been really looking to buy a copy of of 3D.Game Heroes. I don't know if you know of that game from the PS3. It's very good. Yeah, but it's I $60, that game. 60, 70 bucks. 
it makes you do it's one of those things i remember when i worked at gamestop and we had multiple copies and i thought i should buy one of those oh absolutely and i didn't i get that <laughs> do you have lair complete in box or just the disc yep complete in box manual oh, 42 dollar game good for you you're kidding me no i mean that's a high price there's some for most yeah sure that, but yeah, games online are crazy. Man, Killzone Two is the original in the box, non uh, non greatest hits with the Killzone Two manual as well. Um, that was also six dollars, five ninety nine. <laughs> um, I don't know how good of a deal that was, but I did go online to look for Motorstorm Pacific Rift, the second one, which is a much better game. I love it. Yeah, and it's like forty bucks, thirty bucks complete. And even some people selling the disc by itself are wanting like twenty five bucks, twenty bucks. I'm like. Dude, PS3 games online have gone out of hand as far as I'm concerned. They're way oh, yeah. out of price. It's great. Like looking at it, like it's gonna. I feel like this market has to crash. Maybe it, it doesn't to. because it's it's a fine. Well, at the same time, it's finite. Like they they're not printing these anymore. Well, you bring up a good point because when we were in the game store, my wife has been playing her Switch more, and she went to the Switch section. And she's like, "There's hardly anything for the Switch here," and I was like, "Baby, like." The Switch is a modern console. Modern consoles are quickly going. All a lot of people are going digital, and actually, Switch has got more of a physical st- uh, base. I feel like than most of the consoles do, just because Nintendo games hold value so well. So people are willing to buy them physically because you can normally sell them for pretty close to what you got for them. Uh, but even then, it's a smaller market. I was like, yeah, so they may have like thirty Switch games and four hundred PS3 games, but Digital was just at the beginning of its lifespan on PS3, and a lot of people didn't have good internet, and it was slow and all sorts of problems. Mm-hmm. So and it is something that you take for granted. They also yeah. didn't have any DualShock 3s used at all because I, I was wanting to buy a, a backup one just because I'd like the idea to find one that's in good shape and buy. Uh, and they didn't have any Vitas used. I was like, bro, do I just do I have like a, a mountain of rare <laughs> used yeah, items? Probably. Right like my shelf has appreciated in value like it's crazy I believe that. but like i was looking like the most expensive game i have i think is uh trinity souls of zill all i don't know if you know that game no clue <laughs> yeah but it's it's gone up significantly in price since i bought it bought it for like 40 i just saw it on there for 70 yeah i've got a bunch Anyone of watching on smaller YouTube, games but oh i do remember YouTube the case channel. for that yeah it's not supposed to be good but I own it. Look at you. I'm proud of you. That's all that matters. My uh, motorstorm yeah, was just uh, a clear case. It was at least in a case, of course, but it was just yeah. a clear case with a game exchange and motorstorm written like shit <laughs> on the front of it. But dude, if I, every time I go to that store, they're so cheap that they just put in the little things that say game exchange and then they hand write the game on it. You can hardly fucking read it. I would fire <laughs> whoever does that. Uh, just print it out. It's a lot easier. That's all that do. Buy a label printer. <laughs> it's if not you that go hard. and you see anything good, let me know. I'll potentially send you money to pick stuff up. Send me a list of, of games that you're interested in that you've been looking at, and I'll let you know because they do have a surprising amount of games. Full of, like you bought uh, Sly Cooper Thieves in Time, right? Yeah. yeah. How much did you pay for that? 18 bucks. You're- I think I got, I got a good deal on it. 18 is pretty fair. The one that they have there is $20, and it's complete inbox everything 
And crazy yeah. enough, I don't know if it works or not. The one they have up there still has the Vita cross by code in it. Mine does too. I don't know if so, it works. I'm not going to try it, but yes, same thing. Uh, um, I, I mean, I own the game on Vita, so I'm not really worried about that, but it was cool to see that. Um, Either way, yeah, they, they have some pretty solid games up there. Now, they have a, a lot of games without cases, but they surprised me with the amount that they do, and they don't charge anymore for any with the case. They do have a glass section, though, with some of the uh, some rare games. They had an original copy of Silent Hill 3 for $129 for, um, on PS2. It's not a bad deal. I was like, God. My wife was like, I can't believe it. I said, there's rare games. The digital... Digital has left an impact on game prices for modern games. Yeah, no, for sure. But like, it's like I said, though, they're not printing PS3 games anymore, so all these copies are finite. Eventually, they'll yeah, all be gone. you're right. And one yeah. day, during the apocalypse, my kid will have a gold mine of unusable <laughs> PS3 games. <laughs> <laughs> I've come to the conclusion that I need to change, finally, the 80-gig hard drive out of my launch model backwards compatible PS3 because mm. I went to go uh, install Twisted Metal because I love the PS3 Twisted Metal. It's a great game. Uh, and put MotorStorm on and it said I didn't have enough room. And I was like, oh, I forgot. I have my 500 gig George Foreman grill back here. You know, the, the slide top one. Yeah. Uh, and then I have my 80 gig original and I've never bothered to change the hard drive in the original. Uh, but I think I need to because I, I like playing it. But dude, it's so loud. Just playing MotorStorm, which also holds up really well, dude. MotorStorm 1 still looks great. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was like, man, this is, this is fun. Uh, it's everything I remembered it being. Good time. But the PS3 was this... Oh, it's loud. Mine's actually not that bad, but yeah, my slim is dead quiet. But yeah, I saw backwards compatible on eBay for two fifty, and I was like, "Ooh, that's a good, that's a good price." That sounds like a great price. I love mine because mine's in great shape. Like, we were talking the other day. Like, what's your what's your favorite PlayStation Three model? Like the original, fast, the slim, or the super slim? Okay, and. A lot of people seem to hold that opinion, and I like the Slim. I think it looks good. I think the Super Slim looks okay, but feature set-wise, I hate that it doesn't have a disk drive. Like, I don't get why it's got the sliding top. Um, But my favorite's the original one. But I guess it's just that thing of, like, I think the original one looks so fancy. Like, it looks so high class. But they look like crap if they're not taken care of. Like, I had a buddy who bought one, a 40-gig model from a dude in the parking (laughs) lot at GameStop for, uh, like, $60. This has been years and years ago, and it looked like shit. It had scratches everywhere, but mine's still, like, you know, very minimal scratches. Nice gloss black, and the I, don't, I think the original looks very, very nice. But it's also got cool features. A little flip up beside the uh, disc drive, where you have the memory card readers and the CF reader. All that stuff is just cool. But alas, um, yeah. Um, so MotorStorm was fun. Um, I will probably play Killzone two soon. But I think the PS3 replaying of games, I'm going to try and be, I'm going to try and slip those in between other things because it's great. The PS3 I keep is a great buying system. PS5 stuff, and I'm and I'm just not buying. I'm not playing it. Like I still haven't played the Pathless. I'll get around to it. Be honest, I did not enjoy that game. Oh, did you download it? Yeah, I played it. I didn't play a lot of it, so I won't. I'm not going to pass judgment, but I know I'm not going to go back to it. So I just interesting. Moved on. Well, last uh, and and technically least, because I'm just training uh, more old school RuneScape. <laughs> of course. Uh, so, it's, hey, I'm getting close though, man. About to have 70 strength. I, I, I got two more levels, but 
Then I'll have 70 of uh, attack, strength, defense, uh, and HP. And then I can start knocking out some more quests, which is where that, it's where the fun is, man. Where the fun is for me. Uh, I'm a crazy man. But that leads us into the community's take. So if you listened last (laughs) week, uh, Chris had the idea to kind of talk about uh, getting everyone's opinion on what's kind of been a topic lately about the PlayStation Store in particular, though, of course, how it compares to other digital storefronts and what he called the infestation of jumping foods for easy platinums. Uh, I guess that would also include the infestation of food that you tap on a lid. Uh, I wouldn't include that that there. Oh, okay. Never mind then. You know, uh, what Brett? about the one where you hold R2 and the truck doesn't even move? <laughs> well, I didn't play that one, so it's fine. I don't know. Yeah, that, that, one, was, uh, that one was rough. Uh, so anyway, that was the Community's Take, and we asked you guys, uh, which if you're new to the show, Community's Take is just us kind of asking you guys a question and then coming back to it at the uh, the beginning of the next episode, getting your feel for it. Uh, we had Rude Cold. Uh, one of our patrons and longtime listeners, he says, to be honest, I don't use the store all that much, but I'm absolutely against the awful, easy platinum cheap games, especially if they are making it harder for people to find properly developed games. I know the Switch store is pretty awful for cheap games too. Colin Moriarty made a good point uh, that no wonder PlayStation don't do the drop anymore with all these awful games being released daily. And that is actually a pretty good point. I missed the drop. I thought the drop was a cool, fun idea. But there's, you know, people talk about gaming being a weird spot, but I swear more games release every day now than ever. I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. It's just. It's probably part of the problem. But it's weird because, like, the the mix is like if somebody wants to pay a dollar for a game where you tap on a mayonnaise lid and get a platinum after an hour or whatever the time limit is for my name. And I'm, I'm, I'm honest, I'm not disparaging it. Whatever the time limit is, if you want to pay a dollar for that, right, to get a $2. platinum and you think that it's a joke or that it's funny or that you like that you get a platinum out of it, whatever it may be, but it helps them get funding to maybe develop an actual game that takes more time and effort and energy than a game where you tap a lid. Is that an inherently bad thing? And I think that there's a line to be drawn from my standpoint to where there are still games where I don't think I'll ever play My Name is Mayo. You should. It's, it's a great game. It's definitely the high, excuse me, it's definitely a, among the higher end of some of the trophy games that are just made, like that one that Rude Cold, I'm pretty sure, posted of. I can't even remember the name of the game. I want to go find it because it was just ridiculous. Snow I think Run, he may I have think. put it. Yeah, Snow Run. God. It was. It looked terrible. But anyway, the the basic goal is that you just hold R two, and a, a a PNG of a truck just scooch across the state, like the the <laughs> I screen. Think it's funny. And it keeps saying that you earn more and more miles. And it, you know, Chris, we talked last week about that uh, road bustle. Yeah, road bustle. Looking at this video that he shared. You don't even do anything. There's not even like a slight challenge. And Road Bustle is easy. But you at least had to do something. You had to move your character. You had to try and do something. Uh, so for me, I guess being in on the joke is one thing. And I think my name is Mayo being so goofy and clearly being something that's designed towards that and also being among the first of its kind to be that kind of way. 
I think it's there's more of a reason to say my name is Mayo deserves to be on there than there is to say that that um, 1,000 plus puzzle game that was like took two seconds to solve a puzzle and you get a platinum. That they they actually did delist that game and then this uh, snow whatever game. So to that degree, oh snow runs not think, on there anymore. I oh, I don't know about snow run. I was talking about the uh, what was that. It was hold on PS4 easy platinum game. You're not that. I, there's no reason for you to Google that. There's going to be thousands of games on there. Are you joking? <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Delisted is probably going to help. I was going to say, <laughs> like that's a terrible search uh, search term. All right, so this is 2018. I think this is the game. One. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh god. Five star one thousand top rated. That was the name of the game. Yeah. I remember. Uh and it was it was delisted. And I don't know if it ever came back. They originally said no, it was it supposed didn't. to. But uh either way, point being is uh I think there's a fine line. I don't think that they should across the board be gone. Like Mr. Masagi is apparently a very easy platinum, but it's seems funny. What's that game that you got the easy platinum in? The Pizza Boy Saves the World? Oh yeah. I think that's pretty much exactly what it's called. I'll look it up. <laughs> the pizza delivery but, boy saved the world, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, I don't know. We're going to clearly get more on this, but on his in particular, uh, you know, any responses to Rude Colds? I mean, I think that the, the mention of the drop that Colin says is probably fairly accurate because I feel like they stopped the drop around that time. The drop thing is a good point. I think the problem with these is not that they exist. Like, I don't care that it exists. I don't care that I saw a guy who has 2,400 Platinums today. Like, that guy, like, I have, let's, maybe 10 of them, right? Like, that mm-hmm. are easy, just, even, like, in the, the category I'm thinking of, of, like, Road Bustle, I don't think I have that many of those. I have, like, Rattleika games, but those are yeah. those have gameplay in them. So, mm-hmm. choose your poison. But, like, if you're just picking up, like, every version of Jumping Taco and then buying the EU version and then also buying the AU version and the freaking Mars version to get one Platinum Trophy, I think that's aggressive. But I just think the thing that Sony needs to do is just not show them. Like, why can't they exist? But, like, put it in a, in a, a freaking list on PSN profiles and true trophies and let that be that, but don't put them in the new game section where I have to, I'm looking for Saints Row, and instead I see Jumping Taco, Jumping Taco DX, Jumping Taco Remastered, Jumping Taco SNES, Jumping Taco Arriva (laughs) Derche Edition, Jumping Taco Chips and Salsa Edition, like, I don't need that. Yeah, well, you – and there's a number of responses that are kind of very in line with yours. So uh, the one I'm going to choose to read from, uh, Ken Nace over on Facebook, he says, I think that Sony really needs to improve the search function on the store. As far as easy platinum nonsense games, I don't care about them at all. It doesn't bother me that they exist, but Sony has to do a better job of making sure that they don't bury better games on the store. And uh, there's a lot of responses in that particular way people are essentially just saying if you can solve the navigation issue that they they put on the store then the problem is mostly alleviated um and it basically helps to where you don't feel like you're just shoveling through shovelware <laughs> uh, right. now the downside is is i guess you can always leave in the ability to search for the game directly right to be able to yeah. say jumping taco and it come up 
But I feel like there's got to be ways for you to look at these games. And whenever you type in something that's similar, push them further down to the bottom so that they are not always the first thing they said. Um, and it's, it's a weird thing, too, because you want to have access to anyone. But anybody trying to buy that game likely knows how to use the store well and knows what they're getting and why they're going after it to begin with. I don't think that – I would be very surprised to hear stories of a lot of people – who bought My Name is Mayo without knowing what it was. Like, yeah. I'm sure it, it's happened, but I'm sure that there wasn't like 30% of the player base was like, you know, a, a mom going through the PlayStation store with her son and being like, oh, look, it's a game where you play as a jar of mayo. She's right. a Wisconsin mother because they, you know, they, they love the mayonnaise. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, there we go. Look, I, I'm being, uh, what would that be? Uh, regionalist <laughs> well, I thought you were making a How I Met Your Mother reference so. I mean that is uh, How I Met Your Mother reference but you know technically it's Minnesota but <laughs> good point. not Wisconsin but you know I mean are the they opposite. really all that different uh, I'll probably just piss someone off anyway yeah so that seems to be a, a big answer and I, I think I could agree with that but at the same time there comes a point in time where every company has that, that has a platform like this. How easy do you want it to be for people to put stuff on your store? And at what point does the ability to put anything on your store devalue your entire store? Well, I I think the problem is like, so also it needs to do is dedicate people to look at it. Right. Cause that I think that's just what the argument you're making is a slippery slope, right? Because I I've been meaning to write into Sacred Symbols about this just because I'm curious of his answer. But like Colin, who talks about this a lot, why do Colin's games deserve to be on the store? They're they're good games. I'm not in any way insinuating they're not. I've played all of them. Mm-hmm. But like why, outside of the obvious, right? Take the quality out of them. Why does Habraxia? deserve to be on the store any more than uh, Jumping Taco. And then at what yeah. point does the bar start moving to where Habraxia is the new Jumping Taco? So then you have to ask yourself, why does this belong on the store? Right? Like if you're if you're, if you're sitting there like that's, that game clearly is only for Platinums. You, nobody can nobody will ever like this game. There's no way. Then you just start going all the way back until Sony's like yeah, if you want to be on the PSN store, we need to own the IP, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, no, you're you're definitely correct in that. There's a point where it's easy to take too far, but at the same time, the the basis of your argument and 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 the who's to say, um, I think that that's the beautiful part about the PC, uh, the PC realm. Where there's a will, there's a way. And you can find a way to release any game. And I think that that helps handle the aspect of if you want to make something and you want to put it out there, there are completely 100% open platforms that you don't even have to have a storefront necessarily that, that you can make something happen and find a way to release a title and profit from it. I think the difference between Sony and even something like Epic Game Store and Steam and whatnot is that the question that you get to ask is, who is it that determines where the line is? And of course, that that's, that ends up being Sony in the long run. And it looks like up until recently, it's ultimately been that Sony have more or less been like, as long as your game plays and doesn't crash the system a whole bunch, 
you can release it. And that's mm-hmm. the that's the line in the sand that we want to draw. Just don't and that's promise okay. returns. That's that's yeah, that's their line in the sand to draw, right? But if Sony determined that, hey, we want our store and, and you know, I I am not a Apple person. I I prefer Android. Um <laughs> but no, it's, you know, not, it's, no, it's not you. It's not you. I was driving um the other day. I was going to a buddy's house and I passed a church and it said uh Adam and Eve were the first people not to read the Apple terms of service. And you just <laughs> made me think of that. And I was, like, That's I, was I was laughing driving past that church for like a solid ten minutes. That was great. And you just reminded me of it. Good joke. Uh <laughs> I, I actually like the local churches we have around here when they occasionally have like a good little joke on their uh, on, on yeah. their little uh, marquee or whatever. The church near my house is the Church of Saint Anne. I don't love that name okay. for a church. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you know, as somebody who doesn't like Apple, uh, I shouldn't say that. For somebody who doesn't choose to buy Apple products, I can at least understand the general sense of the way that they choose to look at their product, right? We're going to market our product as uh, high tier. We're going to have way more control over what apps hit our store and how they hit our store uh, and all these different aspects. And then we're also going to control what you can do with the phone. Now, of course, it greatly limits your ability to do what you want to on the platform, but it does so with at least keeping a visual sense of quality that is at least different, if not necessarily better, but different than Android uh, and Android's multitude of manufacturers. You know, you have that kind of the walled gardens is both the blessing and the curse. But for a lot of people, that's what they like. So when you go back and look at PlayStation in this sense, PlayStation has to decide whether they want to be like Android and just let anything and everything go and just clearly communicate that with people and say, you know, we may we may do things to help you navigate the store to hide things you don't want to see, but we're never going to stop them from hitting our store or they have to go to themselves and say, we want the PlayStation name and brand to be associated with quality things. And in an effort to do that, there is going to be an internal bar that we are self set. And if your game does not reach that level of quality and there is like the slippery slope is always going to exist there. But I think Sony would just move up to a what's your type of game. If your game is if your game's only purpose is to get a platinum, then maybe it it can't be that it's just going to automatically be accepted. Maybe you have to go to them and and have a meeting with Sony about what is the game. Is it you know is are they on a joke? And Sony gets to say yes or no on a game to game basis. Whatever it be, Sony has to make that d- decision and then follow through with it. I'm a little surprised that Sony seemed to have not landed on the fact of setting an internal bar only because of the fact that Sony has gotten so heavy-handed with their censorship policy. And I imagine that the reason that they've done that with their censorship policy is in an effort to have it to where worldwide Sony is synonymous with quality games that don't cross into potentially you know, uh, controversial territory. And that type of mindset would make me think that you would also want to do that just on the type of games you allow in your system from a sheer, what is the need for this game to be here? And while you can have that question of there's always going to be the person who doesn't want you to be the person who says what is or is not a viable product or game, every store in existence is that. And it's just up to you as to what bar of quality you want to set and what aspects of quality uh do you want it to be but go ahead i think clearly you have a response 
No, it's just I think I might have just misled the question. Like, because my question is not saying as much like, yeah, it's a slippery slope, but it's my question is more just like, what's the bar? And like, yeah, who decides, blah, blah, blah. But like, what is the bar? Like, what is it? It is, you know, it, it, I wouldn't necessarily call The Walking Dead a video game, but it's one of the best things I've played on PS3, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, at what point are we like, well, there's no real gameplay here, so it can't be on the store. You need to put it in the movies section. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. what is the bar for the games on the store? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I would imagine that that truck game, for sure, that's a little, there's nothing to that. But at the same time, there's technically gameplay there. <laughs> like, that gameplay is arguably the same as The Walking Dead's, right? Like, <laughs> almost more uh, engaging because you're holding up trigger the whole time. You could put the controller <laughs> down for a lot of Walking Dead and be fine. Yeah, but there's something that's engaging you, right? And I think the argument to be made towards that truck game while we're talking about specifically it is that how does it engage you? You don't even see a moving environment. The truck doesn't do anything. Now, of it course, you're you right. It engages trophies, right? Like, that's I, guess, the I guess that could be your only, yeah, if that's your only argument. Uh, but you're right. I mean, it's, it's definitely a hard thing to approach. Um, but at the same time, I just think their real answer has to be that while I don't love the love it, I think Sony just has to pick a lane and then back that lane up and say, this is the way that our platform is going to be. And, and we're, and that's what we're doing and we're going to stick with it. And they can kind of best of both worlds by making it easier for people who don't want to see those games, able to hide them and filter through things in the store. But, ultimately if they want to leave them on and that's fine but they need to communicate that now and they need to communicate it clearly i think that's really where my my draw off is personally that's fair um i want to get one more because i think it's a really well typed out and thought out and kind of researched uh one uh rude days 93 one of our other patrons he says i don't use the playstation or xbox store too often but did decide to compare the two just to see if they were at all similar out of 114 games for both, PS Store had 49 games at 4.99 and under. The Xbox Store had 18. Out of those 49 PS Store games, 36 were $3 and under. The Xbox Store only had two. So this could be the case of Sony being the bigger platform or the publishers of these cheap games trying to take advantage of trophy hunters. But in my opinion, I think because of the ID at Xbox program, Microsoft, as they are, more easily able to filter in what indies come into their store and not get overwhelmed with a bunch of these $3 and under games. And basically, I think he's just saying that because there's a more strenuous process to hit the store as a, a indie, that the real, and this might be a weird roundabout solution for the PlayStation thing, just limit how many games that you release from an indie standpoint per week say, Hey, we want to be able to have real time with each one of these games so that we can understand the quality behind it. And if it's running well, and that means that every week we're only going to release five indie titles, 10 indie titles, whatever the number be. And say, you know, anything that doesn't get in there, you can try again later and we may eventually get to you, but you know, and then use that as a means of keeping things out because I think by some degree, if you limit how many games you release because of how many games you allow to go through your, your certification process at that point, then you, by nature of that, you're going to slow down the amount of games that are like this that hit just by a nature of 
volume of games. Um, so it might be a roundabout answer, and it may also help the feeling of being overwhelmed when you start up the store. Sometimes you open the PlayStation Store and you feel like there's like 40 new games released. That's clearly a slight hyperbole, but that it does, it does happen. You see like there's too much, and not enough of it feels like something that you've even been made aware of. And that can feel slightly overwhelming. So maybe it's a two-in-one solution there. Um, but what do you think about that? I think that this one is interesting because my all I'd say here is that to some degree, it's clear that Sony is the bigger platform and therefore publishers and game developers who can only make a game for one system are going to tend to target the PlayStation more often because ultimately there's a higher user base and a bigger chance to make more money. Um, so if you're going to roll the dice on one, going to tend to roll the dice on the biggest market that you can uh, but what are your thoughts i don't know i it's interesting but again it's a matter of like does xbox just hide it better i don't know i couldn't find jumping taco or whatever the hell that game is called on the xbox store um but it's just i don't know i don't necessarily think that a game being 4.99 is any indicator of what the quality of the game that's the problem. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing is is that you also don't know if a if a three dollar game is a game that's only made for the for easy platinum. Mm-hmm. There could be someone who just made a three dollar game that is a fun little game that takes forty five minutes or an hour to complete, and they felt like three dollars was a fair price for the level of game that it is for their know how and development yeah. know how. And I guess the biggest sad part of this story is that when you do have the issue with PlayStation of games going for easy platinums, serious games at a certain price point run the risk of being ignored because they get lumped in with other games. But it's uh, it's it's part of the risk of it's part of the risk and reward of going on a platform as big as PlayStation. That's true. So, uh, but. I mean, unless you have anything else you'd like to round that off with, I think we can go ahead and move on to the news. What do you think? I do not. Feel free. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate everyone who uh, reached out. We know some of you uh, are first-time people reaching out, like Gamers Gamut and uh, RMG0731 over on Twitter. We appreciate you guys. We just feel like we got a good coverage of uh, with other answers. So uh, feel free to keep responding in. We will I'm get sorry. to you eventually. We appreciate it. But we're going to go ahead and move on to the news. Remember... If you are listening to this show, but you'd rather be watching it, you can find us on YouTube. If you're watching and would rather be listening, go find us on your favorite podcast service. Rate and review the show, like and subscribe, whatever it is. If you're on YouTube, it helps us out, helps other people find us. uh, And it also helps us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. So we appreciate all of you who go out of your way to do that. Uh, And of course, appreciate all of you guys who go over to patreon.com slash nartech and become a patron for as little as a dollar per month. Just like our man Stingray X, who is our newest patron as of this week. Thank you. We appreciate you uh, and hope that you continue to enjoy the show. Uh, So, Moving on into news, first thing up, Modern Warfare 2 digital pre-orders will now come with early access to the campaign. People who pre-order the game on digital storefronts will unlock campaign access on October 20th so that you can get in and play a little early. It's a nice perk. It is a nice perk. Nice Though it's perky interesting that it's, it's interesting that it's that because I feel like with Call of Duty people would almost be more excited to play the multiplayer early, <laughs> but yeah, I, 
I definitely had that thought, but why would they release the multiplayer? I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know who gives a shit about this campaign, really. But now, I, it honestly might be an interesting thing to be like, everyone's going to pre-order this, but once the multiplayer is out, they're not going to play the campaign. So here's a week with just the campaign. Play the campaign. It might just strictly be a way for them to feel like, hey, we're giving you a bonus for pre-ordering it, but and the bonus is also the, the, the least engaged part of the game. Right. I like Call of Duty, not all, but I like Call of Duty campaigns. So I'm actually normally would go through the campaign to learn the mm-hmm. gun feel and guns that I like and then move into the multiplayer. But I know that that's not what happens for the most part. Uh, we were talking no. with um, with um, Mark Schultz over on the on the Discord, and he was talking about that there's been things run where like the vast majority of the Call of Duty player base does not play or at the very least, complete the campaign for these games. No, they don't. <laughs> There's statistics to prove it. No, they definitely don't. Yeah. They definitely don't. I Even I, who liked them all, and I platinumed over a thousand, a lot of them, in the early days, well, I don't know why you would play them anymore, because I don't think people who are playing Call of Duty seriously are need to know what the gun feel of a gun is. Does that make sense? Uh, so. Probably, because if you're somebody who plays Call of Duty consistently, then you probably... there's There's got to be a level of comfort, even for the fact that they're different. Like, I know that the uh, Treyarch games, certain guns feel different, and the gun feel in general is a little different from, like, the way that a Modern Warfare may play or something from Infinite... Um, uh, Infinity Ward, but at a certain point, an AR, uh, AK forty seven is an AK forty seven. It's an AK forty seven. True. Right. Yeah, I think it's there makes more sense when you'd be moving across a completely different franchise and with potential for a completely different gun. Like you know, there's a there's a big difference in the way guns feel in Killzone and Call of Duty or uh, Resistance and battlefield you know so there is point there but if you're a big call of duty player you probably have what you're going to play with so it's interesting it's a shame because i actually feel like every now and then they really deliver with the campaign and they seem to go out of their way to actually make good campaigns that the majority of people or the majority of their player base don't care i'm Uh, just as excited to play the campaign as i am to actually play get into the multiplayer this time i can't wait for that game like yeah I heard a lot of good things about the first campaign, but I did not get around to playing it. Still haven't done it. Oh, you should. It's an easy platinum too. So I don't own the game. I borrowed from a friend once. (laughs) Oh, you own the digital version. I'm dumb. Yeah, Yeah, sorry. Didn't even think about it. Look at that. We talked about this. (laughs) Yeah, I may play it one of these days. I mean, I'm in a good spot for shooters right now, but I'm probably going to carry that kill zone on into kill zone two, so I don't lose. I've got the pocket in for the kill zone gun feel right now, and even though it's going to be going up to a bigger controller. It's still ultimately similar, so I try to keep that in in mind for a little bit. Uh, but then, yeah, I'm definitely I, I do love shooter games. They're, I like shooter games, and I like that they have smaller campaigns. There's something that's good about just playing a quick ten hour campaign and being like, "That was good. That was fun. Good level design." But you know, there's a there's a lot of shooter games coming up that. I'm curious to see how they're going to hold because they seem like they're trying to be bigger in some ways, almost like a Fallout thing. But I'm curious, like, uh, um, what is the name of that game from Atomic Heart? Atomic Heart looks really cool, but it, it's hard to tell. Like, is it trying to be open world like Fallout? 
or is it is it going to be more like Bioshock, where it's like you know corridor shooter? Or I'd almost argue that Bioshock one's a Metroidvania in the weirdest way. <laughs> I can see that, yeah. But point being, um, yeah, I'm I'm curious because uh, I really like uh, the Metro games too because they're kind of a bigger feeling shooter game, but in the long run, they're still not that large. Um, um, I have a callback to an old episode. I've just decided in my head that Pokemon games are not open world because you have to. They're ninety um, percent of them are level gated. Like you have to be a uh, a gym leader to get to the next biome or open area. Bam. Yeah, I guess you're right because it, it's better Gen than saying level gated. But because there are plenty of games that are level gated, but you can still ultimately walk around in the areas. You just risk it and <laughs> your shit. Right. <laughs> it's just one of those things where like you can't get to the next area without doing certain tasks like getting cut or spraying pseudo wudo with a water bottle you know what i mean sure anyway continue with the news please yeah all right next up disney has announced a marvel slash disney game showcase not much is known except that blessing from kind of funny uh and of course ps i love you will be hosting the event on september 9th at 1 p.m pst or your local time equivalent a statement from them said quote all new announcements fans can expect new reveals from titles including disney dreamlight valley marvel's midnight suns lego star wars the skywalker saga and a sneak peek at the upcoming Marvel Ensemble game, that's important, from Skydance New Media, which if that's end quote, if you remember Skydance uh, New Media is the team that Amy Hennig is heading up. So uh, multiple ensemble teams do exist within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, or not cinematic, I'm sorry, but the Marvel Universe. Um, So you have Fantastic Four, of course, and I think that's maybe Chris's hoped for game. We'll see. X-Men, uh, you have the Defenders, Thunderbolts, of course, Guardians of the Galaxy. Those have already been a game made, so unlikely. There's the Lady Liberators. Um, so feel free to take your guess at whatever it may be. Chris. Yeah, hi. What is your uh, what is your preferred uh, ensemble team game? And do you have a... In your mind, is there a way that this game plays? Or do you just... Do you trust Amy Hennig from a quality standpoint? Yeah, I trust her. I guess because it's her, I would imagine it'll be something like Guardians of the Galaxy, and I hope that, I hope they do that. Um, but I would hope they would do it with more more homogenous team. I think because you, I feel like you would want to play with Mister Fantastic and with you know Beast or not Beast, what's his name, the Thing, and Johnny mm-hmm. Blaze. I don't really know how you play with Mrs. Fantastic, but either way, I'd like to see someone like the Defenders, where like. They all have different powers in a way, but they all really just punch a lot, you know? So it sounds like you're kind of saying like an ensemble game that's a little more like what Gotham Knights is doing in the sense of four different characters, but they ultimately are going to share a core of something similar and then their unique abilities will expand. Well, I think the one. The one problem with Guardians is that you want to try. You, I would love to play that game as Rocket, just as I would love to play it as Drax, just as I would love to play it as Gamora, just as I would love to play it as Groot. So, like, 
and I guess you come you run into the same thing in, at any point having other characters. But I think in a team where it's like, yeah, in, a, in the end we all just fight well, might might be a lot easier pill to swallow than not being able to play some of the other cool characters. Like if you had an Avengers game and you only played Captain America, that game would be shitty, <laughs> right? Because fair. It, Inherently, it's just a beat and, 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 and it could be a, it could be a great Captain America game, but at what point is it like? Why'd you even call the Avengers if all you do is play as Captain America? Well, not even that because they did it fine with Guardians, but the problem is like Captain America is boring to play as when right next to me Iron Man is there flying around, or right next to me, you know, Thor is shooting lightning, or right next to me, Spider Man is spidering, you know. Yeah, you know it's weird because I, I I agree. Depending on the team that you've got a, it it becomes a harder sell to try and make it work. Uh, but I actually felt like Guardians of the Galaxy did a pretty good job of with making you feel like you're having some influence and control over what the other characters are doing, even though it won't let you get completely in their shoes. By having it's where you can do team up things with them and you can uh, control when they do certain actions. And yeah, they're on a timer. But it almost gives it a uh, Dragon Age Origins vibe to me, to where it's like you're issuing commands out to some degree to these other people, even though you're playing as a singular person. And sure. I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, but you're, you're right. I think depending on the game, I, I don't, I don't know that Avengers would have worked that way. Even if, even if Avengers said you're only going to play as Iron Man, I think you're still going to have that part of you that's like, but now I kind of want to be Thor. Because you see him in there and that expectation is kind of like he's there. So it's weird. I don't know. I'm curious as to what type of game I think it might be. It's easy to think that it'll be something. Clearly, it's going to be something narrative driven because that's who Amy Hennig is. And that's a smart move. Um, But I'm curious gameplay wise. You know, you got to think it's basically been an entire console generation since we've seen a game from her. Uh, The last few titles she was working on got Jade Raymond and they just... (laughs) got canceled uh so a lot of these big names in the industry that people at one point in time loved have gone an entire console generation without getting anything out of the door that players can tie to and be like yes that gives me a mental preparedness like i'd be really surprised if her next game was anything like uncharted gameplay wise but i'd also be surprised if i wouldn't be surprised if it was either it's it's kind of a weird in between but I'd be interested to see. I don't know. For me, the Fantastic Four, it feels too varied of a group of people to not switch and play Stretchy Man and then play. It just seems like a waste to not have to have the Fantastic Four and all of them together and then not switch them around, you know, because the, the powers are yeah. so varied. But that's really all it is. It's just the varied powers it makes it more interesting. And I would want to play as mr fantastic and the thing when even though you know i got you get my argument at this point I don't, yeah just i got you i got you point. um i have it, it just hit my mind and i've been meaning to talk about this on the show for forever and i don't know where else to put it in so in between these pieces of news i'm going to pitch to you an idea i had for a game i think it's i want to hear your thoughts <laughs> okay thanks chris You're next welcome. piece of news <laughs> <laughs> um no I don't even know why, but I was talking with my friend the other day. Uh, we had to go pull his vehicle from two hours away to back to my town. So we're in the truck for a long time. And we started for some reason talking about 
games that have fishing in them, like RPGs that include fishing mm, uh, as like a thing to do. And I, you know, I started talking to him. I was like, yeah, I was like, it's not that way in near if you ever get around to playing that. But then I kind of got to this weird idea in my head where I love this idea of where you make an RPG where the main line mechanic is that you use a fishing pole essentially as a bow and arrow. So my idea was like, it was going to be like a dude who's like a big fishing person. And then like some event happens to put, put in a thing where he has to take the fishing line and like pull it back and basically arch the, the fishing line over into like a bow shape and then tie it back around. And then the mechanics where the bow would be almost like a scorpion thing where you can shoot the bow into them and then use the reel like quickly to spin it and whip them towards you. And I just, in my head, I was like, that could be really fun. Like, it's a very basic idea. I don't have anything else figured out. I don't mind the, the idea. The gameplay loop sounds cool. Because you have gameplay. You don't have a game. Yeah, you're That's right. Your I don't have, I don't necessarily have characters or anything, but I have a mechanic that I'd like to see in a game. And I definitely have a rough world setup. I like the idea of it being a fisherman who's, you know, somebody who's really good at fishing, but they're being thrown into this thing of where they're having to use their fishing pole in a very different way. But in a lot of ways, it's still similar. And I was just kind of trying to think through ways in which that would influence the gameplay. And I, I like this idea. Here's what I want to see I want to see a fishing game where you cast your line. And it's like you, you're fishing, and once you get a hit, it turns into like it goes into a cutscene, and it's just Tekken. You, basically, you're is it you fighting, or is it like your lure fighting the fish? It's you fighting, or you can upgrade your lures so it's the lures fighting, but then you can upgrade them. You can get like a Mike Tyson lure, you can get a George Foreman lure, you know, you can get mm-hmm. a Falcon Punch lure. And then you could get buffs for your lure that would buff your character in the arena. Bang. Okay. That's a good idea. I feel that. I know you weren't listening back then, but did I ever tell you about my fighting game idea where it's historical people from throughout time who are pacifists? And when you fight, it's just you like throwing words and stuff towards mm-hmm. the other person. So it's like Phoenix Wright and Smash? Basically, yeah, very, very similar to that. And actually, I remember the first time I saw that in Smash, I was like, that was very close to my idea. I, I imagine like Martin Luther King, like hitting people with like, I have a dream. And you just see it like wow. come out of his hand, like smack somebody. Wow. I, I, I don't know. It just made me laugh. I think of what it was that I was thinking about the uh, epic rap battle of... Uh, History. Of uh, yeah, the the one between with the one with Key and Pill in it, where it's uh, Gandhi versus Martin Luther King. And I was like, that'd be a fun fight good. to see. Like yeah. it's just both of them throwing words at each other and them having to like dodge and block and stuff. But it's just words streaming out at each other. But like, I don't know. I, I think that that could be a really you funny what, game. You know what I'd like to see in that situation? Them just actually fight. <laughs> so like. Like Def Jam Streets of New York. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. you have Martin Luther King swole up. Def Jam's protesting in the street. Hey, bro, it's I told you I had a dream. <laughs> ja Rule versus freaking, I don't, I don't know, Malcolm X. Def Jam versus historical figures. And it's, yeah, it's Dude, Gandhi throwing down hell. with Snoop Dogg. <laughs> like, Def, Def Jam versus history. 
and it's like a Marvel versus Capcom crossover fighter with like an incredible story of just like 50 Cent and Ja Rule coming back together as artists to close a portal during the Civil War and they have to fight John Adams and freaking uh, a, a lobster back and get to the end <laughs> and then they close the portal and the North wins the Civil War but without the intervention of Ja Rule and 50 Cent they would have lost I've got your story my plot device of how it's going to work yeah, the revolutionary war that's the better one because John Adams yeah I got gotcha. you <laughs> yeah, it was going to be. Uh, have you ever seen Bill and Ted's uh, Great Adventure or Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey? All those different ones. No. Um, okay. Well, basically, they go back in time in a, in a telephone booth, but they're going back in time to different historical figures to talk with them so they can write a presentation uh, for their final in school or whatever. Point being, that's the basic device: is that we have all of these dudes traveling back in time to get with these dudes, but then it ends up being that like they end up bringing Socrates and all these different, like Beethoven and mm-hmm. Martin Luther King and all these different historical figures to the modern day. And then it turns out that these old historical figures realize that in the modern day that their words aren't going to be enough, and so they have to like, throw down and fight. And so you have like Socrates throwing out some like. Uh, the theocratic shit where he says something real smart and then like punches mm-hmm. somebody in the face. I don't know. That could be really fun. What do you think of the baby Hitler conundrum? Oh God. Kill it or don't kill it. If you're asking me to kill a baby, I can't, I can't, I couldn't kill a baby. I don't care who it is. I can't kill a baby because the baby is not the evil thing. The baby is the thing that has the potential to become evil and all babies have the potential sure. to become evil. So are you telling me I should kill all babies? That's the question for me personally well i guess it's if you believe every baby could be the next hitler is time a flat line (laughs) right because that's the question because if time's a flat line then every time you go back in time to kill hitler you choose not to kill hitler but he also becomes who he is if nothing else let's remove it from the fact that let's put it in the in the real world situation then we'll go back to the news but we know we can't time travel right now no, and we it, don't know. Possible. And because of yeah, because of that, we don't know if time is a line, a, fl- a straight line, or a branching points or anything. We don't know. So instead, let's look at the mechanics of what it is. Right, the mechanics would be okay if we look at the question that you're asking. Then you're asking me if I could look at a baby and know that it could grow up to be the next Hitler. Would it be right for me to murder it? And my answer would be no, because all babies could grow up to be the next Jeffrey Dahmer or anybody. Right? Sure. But none of them killed six billion people. Okay, the next Joseph Stalin arguably killed more people than Hitler. I would kill him in the crib too. But I think the question <laughs> the thing is it time is a line because if time travels it tri- if time travel ever exists in the future, we would already know about it in the past. Here's your thing, Chris, right? This is how you get your answer as to what people would really do. You make a video game about this, and then you just infamous to that shit. You just look at what ending people choose first. You give people the ability to do this, and then you just see which ending they choose first, and then claim that that's canon, and that's what you're going to base your sequel off of. <laughs> yeah. 
and if they choose to let Hitler to live, then the next the, the sequel gets to be that you have to kill Hitler because you failed to do it the first time. But if the if the overwhelming majority of the community choose to kill Hitler, the next game has to be that you go back in time to kill is, is to just decide whether or not you kill Joseph Stalin or not. <laughs> Where every time he kills Hitler in the DLC missions, it's just a lookalike. So he never actually kills Hitler in those games. Oh, man. Is that actually what it is? That's, yeah, if, that's if so, that's hilarious. Yeah, Because they've done it five that times. That way you have a new reason. Yeah, right. smart. Wicked I don't know. Smart. I think you killed right. baby Hitler. Because I think it's one of those things where I don't think you'd really know what you'd do until you found yourself in that situation. I think that's a perfect example of but, that. Okay, but it's even with a baby... This is going to sound really bad, actually, but I don't care. <laughs> With a baby, all you have to do is, like, slightly sabotage the crib, and it's not even your fault. Right? Like, you don't you have know, to... You know deep down inside that you did that. You you made the crib weak. Yeah, who cares, though? Like, if if you were to, like, let's say spray the floor in front of the crib with like cooking spray right and then you like pinch the baby really hard so it starts crying so then the mom runs in slips on the kitchen cooking spray crashes into the 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 crib which just happens to be in front of a window so the baby (laughs) flies out the window that's not your fault all you did was start the chain. You started the Rude Goldberg machine, but the mom had to react the way she did. The baby had to cry and was a little bitch when you pinched him. And like, wow. And that mom, sounds like just go just go put the baby in a tree. It's not your fault if he falls out. I'm just saying all you did was spray the floor. That could have been All you did accident. was put a baby in a tree. Nah, it's different because the mom is the one who has to live with the guilt of kicking her child out the window. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the mom's going to million dollar baby it. <laughs> it sounds like she's going to fall and break her neck on a stool. <laughs> That's all I'm throwing out there. If she okay. does it right, she slips long enough to knock the baby out the window. That's all I'm saying. You baby should quote Hitler. this to the next Sniper Elite game. You should go. You should contact <laughs> those people and uh, and have that be an option. That'd be that'd be a great Hitman mission. That actually would be an interesting Hitman mission, or at least an option of doing a Hitman mission for you to yeah. spray <laughs> slippery stuff and then create a diversion that pulls someone in there and causes the... You could definitely that, do it with like a banana that. peel. I'm sure you can do it with a banana peel. That sounds about right. All right, well, moving on to the next piece Agent of news. 40, Agent 1947. <laughs> oh, also not quite old enough, but, you know. I know, but still funny. Pretty good anyway, there, yes. Uh, next thing up in the news, since we're back on that, data mining for Smash Brothers Demolisher Multiverses. <laughs> it is late, and I've had a long day, and I get <laughs> goofy whenever I've had a long day. It sounds like you do too. Um, yeah. Anyway, data mining for Smash Brothers Demolisher Multiverses, very strong words of you, Chris, have revealed uh-huh. around 20 minutes of voice lines for Beetlejuice and the Wicked Witch of the West, representing uh, West Side. Put your W's in the sky. <laughs> God, <laughs> the new characters are interesting and bring us one step closer to Tony Soprano versus Calvin Palmer Jr. I don't know who Calvin Palmer Jr. is. Oh, that's Ice Cube from Barbershop. <laughs> oh, OK. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. The sky's the limit. That's all you guys needed to know. <laughs> Imagine Tony Soprano. He's one of the characters that just has words coming out of his mouth. It's just, bada bing, bada bing, gabagool. <laughs> and then Calvin is just swinging a pair of uh, buzzers like like nunchucks. See, look, 
you say this, but let's take a second to combine into the other news of this week. Oh, okay. Son Goku, Vegeta, Bulma, and Beerus are now jumping off the party bus into the Fortnite map. Well, so, all, all I'm going to say here is that if that is happening and Rick and Morty can shoot, you know, Goku in the face while Spider-Man swings in and Kratos throws an axe, all things are possible through, through Christ. Uh, and that means that Tony Soprano versus Calvin Palmer Jr. might just happen. They need to do an Ed, Ed, and Eddie crossover because I don't know if you've seen the theories, but Ed is the strongest character in all of fiction. So he's actually very important to end the Fortnite story and put everything back to normal. Ed has to do My that. hope is that Ed, Ed, and Eddie show up in... Um, in multiverses because why not <laughs> cartoon network it was at yeah. one point if i'm not mistaken no, owned is. by wb what uh, they really should do out. is eventually that's your ice climbers bro it's, it's ed ed and eddie as one playable through. character yeah but you have tom and jerry i mean true but we should get I to like, like ed, ed, eddie better. a point where multiverses and fortnite are ending at the same time so they just go screw it and then it's the Fortnite season is the multi is multiverses and the multiverses season is Fortnite. And it's just the for, all the Fortnite DLC characters are in multiverses and vice versa. And that's how it ends. That sounds like a licensing nightmare, but the so does cro- everything the that exists within Fortnite right now. So it's just crazy that John Wick, Zendaya, <laughs> Thanos, and Darth Vader can be on the same team shooting against Kratos. Master Chief, the, the Forza car, and Arthur Morgan's horse's testicles. It's insane <laughs> that you can do that. You just wait. And you then kill them with a lightsaber or a Kamehameha blast. I just downloaded mm-hmm. Fortnite, by the way. But it's insane. Really cool stuff. All right. Good for Epic. Well, moving on to the next piece of news. I mean, that one is, that is what it is. I mean, I still yet to play multiverses, but it did look like it was going to be good. There's just a lot of that type of game out right now. So, um, I don't know when I'll get around to it, but I'll play it eventually. I mean, every one of those I've played so far have been fun. I looked longingly at my PlayStation all-stars battle Royale as I had to delete it from my 80 gig PlayStation to make room. Uh, so there we are. Also, man, I forget how long it takes for... I, I need to change that hard drive just because it's old and slow. It took forever to delete a two and a half gig PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale install data. Yeah, it just take, all that stuff takes a long time on the PS3. I'm going to put an yeah, SSD I'm, into mine. I don't even know if... I, there's a cap for SSD speeds on that because of your SATA really? drive speeds. Like You're going to get capped by what Gen SATA is in the PlayStation that you have. So... We'll see what ends up happening there. Uh, next thing up, interesting news from Hollywood is comments about the Ghost of Tsushima movie, which you may remember is uh, in the works. Uh, from the director, Chad Stahileski, indicate that the movie will be shot entirely in Japanese using only Japanese actors. He says he has Sony's backing and with the success of other foreign language movies, this seems like a really cool bet. And, you know, it, it is a good time for this. I feel like people, uh, due to Parasite and Squid Games being such smash, uh, smash successes as they were, uh, as well as plenty of other stuff going on right now, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Everything, everywhere, all at once is also foreign language film, correct? Parasite. I, I'm not sure, but Parasite is. Yeah, I know was. Parasite is. It um, <laughs> was. Uh, and, of course, Squid Games. So, Squid to that Games. end, I think that, that could be really interesting. Um, 
I mean, that's not really too far outside of how they gave treatment to the actual game, and people seem to like that mode. So we'll see. I am curious how the budget for this movie, because I feel like this is a movie you could do with pretty minimal special effects, and that should mean that it's a relatively budget-friendly movie. But I imagine they also still want to treat it as a blockbuster. So I'm not sure. It's kind of a hard one to, to think about. Um, I mean, you clearly liked the Uncharted movie more than I did. So using yeah, that as our, regardless, using that as our basis, we can at least, we've both seen it at this point. Uh, yeah, I, like I mean, what is your hope for the Ghost of Tsushima movie? Do you think it'll stand up? Hold yeah, on. I hope it keeps my attention for longer than the game did. That's really my biggest thing. There you go. It seems like a cool story. It'd be a spectacle to watch. I just hope they nail it. And the story seems fine. I just didn't want to play it anymore. Yeah, the story's cool, but I think that game suffers from uh, the open open world world distracting you. Yep. It it, it pulls you away. I think if there was a way for that game to basically pull you through the main story in an almost linear-like fashion, it would be a cool mode. (laughs) Well... We'll see what happens. <laughs> God of War, a 30-hour uh, linear game. That's the word. I couldn't come up with linear. You know, I just said it like six times. Mm-hmm. I apologize. It's going to be really interesting if, the, if Ragnarok ends up being like 18 hours. <laughs> that, God, that'd be kind of interesting. I hope that game is good, man. It better be, but... I, it's interesting. I think that every time someone talks about that game and games start talking about how they're moving out of the way because they're worried about cannibalizing sales and whatnot, I think it just puts more and more expectation on that game. And I don't yeah. necessarily know that that's a good thing. It's I'm not. sure the game will be great. It's, you just you build to a point where eventually it's impossible. I don't think it's meant to be what it's being made out to be. So there has been a kerfuffle, and we are just going to go ahead and move on to the next piece of news. There has been a kerfuffle. You may notice that Chris's voice suddenly sounds more pristine. Yes. It, I, Hello. Go with it. Don't worry about it. Nothing Ooh. happened. <laughs> I didn't record uh, off my webcam for an hour creepy. and a half. Don't worry about it, Chris. It happens no, to all totally. of us. All right. Next piece of news. A new studio has been created by supermassive games devs called Ballistic Moon. The studio is backed by Sony's ex-dev initiative. Obviously, nothing is known about the game as the studio hasn't said much of anything about themselves, but we can guess that it will be in the vein of Until Dawn. And the website, excuse me, for the studio has a small bit of information. A short animation plays of what seems to be a rocket taking off and the words, he was gone, and all we could do was wait. Um, I'm, I don't necessarily know that it is a foregone conclusion that it is going to be like until dawn, but they've been doing that for so long that your brain wants to say that that's it. But it also makes you wonder, did they leave supermassive games because they were tired? They were getting tired of making these types of games. They might've left because they were tired of making bad ones. Right. Yeah, I mean, they've they've suffered from not being able to replicate the success of Until Dawn, at least commercial, uh, at least critically, um, since Until Dawn. Every game that they've put out since Until Dawn, most people are like, ah, you know, it's it's either decent or it's pretty good, but it's not quite Until Dawn. Uh, and that's interesting. You know, Until Dawn used uh, the Decima engine before it was called Decima. Right. I almost wonder if this uh, new studio will go back to using Decima. Hmm. 
I'd be fascinated to see, honestly. I think considering uh, how much work was kind of done on it alongside Kojima and whatnot, I wouldn't be surprised if Decima starts being Sony's partnership. Like, you know, hey, we partner with you and we get you running off the ground with a good, powerful engine that can do a lot. Bam, right here, right now. Yeah. Kind of seems smart. I mean, you have, the, of course, the easy, hey, we partner with you and you can use Unreal Engine 5 or 4 or whatever it be, but um, they have avenues at the very least, uh, depending on the type of game that's wanted to be made. So we'll see what ends up happening. But clearly, that engine is very pretty, though so, also Unreal Engine 5, whenever we finally get to see it in its full splendor, is very pretty looking. I almost wonder, though, I don't know if you remember... Uh, the beginning of the PS4 generation, and even well into it, actually. Um, a lot of games that were getting sequels of from previous games that had been built on Unreal 3, they just continued using Unreal 3, even on next-gen consoles. <laughs> like uh, Batman Arkham Knight just used their heavily modified Unreal 3. Uh, Mortal Kombat uh, 10 and I think even 11 both used the heavily modified Unreal 3 that they had built up for those games. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, I think even it might have been Unreal 4, but I think Days Gone might have been Unreal Engine 3. I think so. I no, think it, it was right. 4. It was 4. It was it was still heavily uh, adapted, but it was Unreal Engine 4. So, But I almost wonder, are we going to go the majority of this generation without seeing people actually use Unreal Engine 5, despite the fact that we got a tease of it so early? Um, just due to trying to keep development as quick as possible? Or are we going to see more studios uh, move over to five? I guess we'll see, because right now, the few games that we know are using it are games that look like they're still not coming out for at least a year and a half, like Hellblade. (laughs) True. That's a valid point. (laughs) So, we'll see. Uh, But yeah, I mean, what do you want to see from from this studio, ideally? One thing I've noticed is lately we have a, a lot of people breaking off from an existing team and making a new team. So in your mind, in those situations, do you just want to see more of what that team they came from was known for? Or do you want to see them branch out into something different? Um, Honestly, it doesn't matter. I just hope the game is good. Like I don't have a preference on what they make as long as they make it well. Yeah. uh, That's pretty much where I'm at. Uh, What's the, what's the X call of duty um, to team deviation. Deviation, yeah. and then what's the other one that they? And I don't think it was Call of Duty, but I know that they left some stuff. Um, oh, Reese! They left Call of Duty Respawn. They're first-person shooter guys. That's I think the thing with Supermassive. Our our Ballistic Moon is, is it? Is, we is it? Can, that's no Moon Studio. That's no Moon is one. Yeah, but I think if you you just look at the pedigree of people coming out of like where people come out of, it's like okay, you guys were all Call of Duty Apex guys you're clearly making a shooter because that's what you know. Like, I don't know. It's kind of like I don't. I would never work at a sushi restaurant because my specialty is fast casual. Like, it's the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could definitely see that. I mean, it's kind of interesting <clears throat> looking at where people have come from and what they're known for when you're dealing with starting up a, a new game uh, studio because you clearly want to attract talent, but talent, even if it's not fair and it really isn't somehow, once they're known for something, they kind of get typecast into people thinking that that's what they're going to do because it makes you think that. Right. Uh, but I think 
And maybe this is just the creative part of me where sometimes when you break off and do something new, you're doing it because you want to shed the weight of expectation from the original thing. Like, you know, if you're making a new Call of Duty, it's got to fit within a mold of what a Call of Duty is to some degree. But if you're coming, if you leave the Call of Duty team to go make your own studio, the sky's kind of the limit. There is that feeling from people that you're going to likely stick with what you know to some degree, but how much they choose to bend that or completely completely abandon it is kind of up to them, and that might be the exciting part. But ultimately, I guess per developer, it just depends on why they chose to leave. Was it because they wanted creative freedom, or did they just want to be their own bosses? Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Well, we'll see. I would not be upset about another game of Until Dawn's quality coming out of them. I guess I still need to check out the quarry. Yeah, you should. I'd like to try it someday, but it doesn't. I'm just not interested in picking it up right now. <laughs> I'm still not interested for picking it up for seventy. If it's on sale for like forty, it's I on could sale see myself for 40 actually it. right now. <laughs> <laughs> right now, it actually. No, well, it looks 100%. like I got some reward points to spend. So uh, fifty-three fifty-nine. Yeah. Eh, okay, that's not too bad. <laughs> I think I got two bucks left in my uh, wallet from two fifty left from buying bot zone. <laughs> bot zone. <laughs> Dude, there's a so, horror history visual filter pack. That's insane. So crazy. Anyway, uh, next piece of news: references to many. Things have been found in the data files for the PC version of Spider-Man Remastered, uh, including co-op or multiplayer for the series. The big one seems to be that Sony may be introducing a way to connect your PSN to your PC. It opens up a ton of potential, including PS Stars integration, trophy support, or even the highly, 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 highly times 10 unlikely possibility... Uh, fine. <clears throat> highly, 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 highly. Can I please stop? This no. is too far. Well, okay. guess what? You don't control me. Unlikely possibility that Sony allows cross purchasing of PS5 and PC titles. Given the company's horizon <laughs> tobacco and the upgrade fee for God of War PS4, this seems like a near impossibility, which I think is a good part. A good point to kind of break off into conversation around this. Uh, the first part of this that we're looking at and we can talk about is the general plausibility from our standpoint of people thinking that there might be some form of cross purchase for PS5 no. and PC. Um, I could see no. double packs at most. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of meet in the middle, as weird as this is, because since we've talked about it yesterday, I've kind of come to the conclusion that I think what they might do. Okay. is something similar to how they're doing PS5 and PS4 bundled games right now. So, um, you know, if you buy Horizon on PS4, or on PS5 rather, it's uh, 70 bucks, right? Mm-hmm. But you can buy a version of Horizon that comes with both Horizon uh, for PS5 and Horizon for PS4 for $10 more. So for $80, you can get both licenses. I could see Sony doing something to where on PS5, you can buy a version that includes the PC version support for $10 more. And on PC, you can buy and it includes access to the PS5 version for $10 more just for people who kind of want to exist in that realm where they can bounce between the two. And if they do that, I feel like cross-progression would be something Sony would be very interested in, um, in bringing forth. I can see it happening. Is it a 100% percent 
No. And, and is it something that they would do with absolutely no cost differential at all? Absolutely not. As much as I hate to say it, the days of the Sony that put that gave you PS3 and PS Vita games, our early PS4 and PS Vita games together for the price of one is gone. <laughs> you just don't see that with them anymore. And they're far more oriented towards what they can do for per game sale. Um, so while you still, this is a weird story. Uh, if you buy the PS3 version of Minecraft, you still get the cross buy for PS Vita. If you buy the PS3 version of Terraria, I think it's the PS3 one. It might be PS4. One of them, you get cross buy for the other one. Um, so cross buy as a platform still exists. The mechanisms are there, but Sony doesn't do that for new titles and hasn't in a long time. Um, that's my stance on it. Chris, do you want to kind of clarify yours? Yeah, I just don't think Sony would ever do this. It's not the same as PS, PS3 to Vita or PS4 to PS5. It's an entirely new market that would be more like giving away the Xbox version with the PlayStation version. There's no reason yeah. for them to do it once whatsoever. I don't understand why people think people are getting themselves excited for this possibility. It's never going to happen. The most I could see is like, hey, factions is cross by because they, they don't care where you play and they just want you to buy skins like that. I can yeah, well, see, but like God of War Ragnarok, games, yeah. you're not unlocking the, you're not unlocking the uh, PS or PC version. What I could see is like, Hey, you bought this on PS five, two years ago, you can get it for 30 instead of 40 on PC. That that's the most I could see for 90% of their games. Really? So you, you don't think that they would... And I, I agree with your... Just to start that off. I agree with your thing that PC is a brand new market for them. And if they did cross-buy with absolutely zero monetary in, uh, you know uh, incentive <clears throat> to do so, it would completely take away from the value of porting their games to that platform. Because the whole right. point is that it lets your game suddenly have a brand new market who's not been part of the saturated market that your game's already been released in. Um, that said, a lot of questions come up. Cross-buy would be interesting because you'd be cross-buy for a game that is very likely not going to release on PC until down the road, upwards of a year, maybe two, if they keep their current path. Um, so that's one thing to think of. You'd be doing cross-buy for a game that's not even been ported yet, that's not gotten over yet i mean i know nixus is doing great work and spider-man pc looks like a good example of that but i still don't think that we're anywhere near from the way sony's talking about day and date pc and ps5 releases i don't see that happening and they clearly still see value in letting ps5 and ps4 hold the advantage and then come to pc later when your console is more or less saturated and everyone who's going to buy it for a reasonable price will have already done so um now, with that said, I still think that I could see some form or fashion of, hey, you bought it on PS5, we'll let you get the PC version for 20 bucks, whatever it be. I can, I can see that too. Um, but I'm definitely in agreement that anybody who is thinking that there's going to be cross-buy day one, no, absolutely zero monetary difference in price, delusional. <laughs> yeah, it's just not going to happen. I hope I'm wrong. I just think there's so much evidence that I'm not. Given how Sony's acted, like why would you even think they would do this? I don't know why you'd think they would do this anyway. But even as Sony's been, like, why would they give away games for free? 
<laughs> yeah, that's I mean, what they're doing. The hor- everything that happened around Horizon, and then of course the fact that they had to go out of their way to say, "All right, now listen." On God of War, the PS4 version will have a ten dollar upgrade fee to get you to where you're going. You know, that's they would not have gone out of their way to have to iterate that and have resubjected themselves to that potential controversy if they're not. They they clearly don't care about the potential, you know, naysayers of this particular thing. They don't think it's going to hurt them enough. No. Yeah. Uh, now going back up. I do think that there is a pretty clear pathway to PSN on PC, and I think that there's a lot of benefits to it. Number one being something kind of teased into what you're talking about. If we do get to a point, the only time I can see day and day PC releases <clears throat> multiplayer is multiplayer games like Factions. And I still don't know for sure, but I, I think that's the easiest thing that I can see making that jump to a day and date release. And if you can get PSN running on there, since Discord is still seemingly not that way even on xbox their their integration is very limited still the only way you're going to be able to handle parties and everything for everybody is to have it to where when you're playing these games on pc uh online you have access to the psn therefore you have access to the party systems uh by way of that you have access to the trophy systems you have access to uh, cross-platform progression so that they get your money in either way and then they make sure that when you're playing those games on pc you buy the microtransactions through some form of sony store so they make your money i think that that seems to be in line with sony's things would you agree or not i would agree with that yes yeah <laughs> the one thing I've seen people say about this that I think is interesting is I, if you're not a PC gamer, for anybody listening, uh, it probably won't make as much sense to you. But anybody who's on PC, there's kind of this idea that people are tired of launchers. And launchers is just essentially a store a of some sort that you open and you play their games within that. So EA has their own launcher where you can do EA games. Uh, Ubisoft have had their own launcher where you can launch into it and buy and play Ubisoft games. Steam, of course, exists. Epic Game Store exists. Battle.net is the um, Blizzard one that exists. Uh, Bethesda had a launcher. I think they still have a launcher. No, they closed so, it. So, point being, they closed it. See, a lot of people have started closing theirs, but there are people that are looking at this as like, oh, this is just yet another launcher. Um well, and, it would uh, be interesting if kind of interesting. the launcher also was like, and you can use PS Now through this, and then it would be something everyone would have. Or I could, I could see that making sense as to you can why they would do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I think. Because right now I still haven't tried. I need to go try it on my computer and see if the PlayStation Now icon that I have on my screen, the app, still works or not. Actually, give me a second. I'm remoted into my computer anyway because my mouse is dead. I want to see if it opens. Ah, it's re- it's rebranded as PlayStation Plus. Oh shit! Sorry, bitch. You're done. Well, well, let's see what's okay. the next piece of news until it goes. That is interesting. All right. Moving around. Uh, next piece of news. On an episode of Min Max Avalanche, co-creator Christopher Sundberg revealed that the studio had been contracted by Disney to make an Iron Man game back in the golden era of a licensed game. He said the game was canceled in 2012 due to company politics. 
Disney made demands that would have, quote, broken the studio, insisting they staff up rapidly and shorten the development time. It would have allowed you to take off and fly from anywhere. So it was seemingly an open world game, a melee centric game. Yes. Sounds like fun. So this is moving me into a welcome to a PlayStation Plus setup wizard. It does look like the PC version exists, and it has been rebranded to PS Plus. Wow. I wonder what you can play off of. Now, this might be their avenue. This might be their avenue into... um, This could be their launcher, essentially. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would be interested. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to assume, maybe incorrectly, but I think it's there's a fair chance that you can play any of the streamable library from PS5 on this. Okay, that's pretty sick. And it even has the PlayStation Plus logo as the icon. Wow. Okay. That's pretty cool. I'm going to have to mess around with that later just to try it out and see if it's any different or better. I don't think the streaming tech has changed at all, and Infamous 2 ran really well on it, but uh, more of a curiosity than anything. So, all right, moving on with the news still. Um, going back to that, uh, an open-world melee center game. So, melee is a little different. Uh, but insofar as they would have included shooting mechanics, reading this, I don't know why, but it conjures up an image of a basically an Iron Man skin Dark Void. Yeah. It does conjure that image, I would agree. And I don't even think that that actually sounds that bad. <laughs> no, it sounds I think dope at the time, hell. I think at the time, if it ran pretty well, I think that that game actually pretty probably would have done pretty well. I mean, clearly the the often maligned anthem, the one thing that <clears> the <throat> general consensus around the game was is that they did nail flying in the suit to feel like what people imagine Iron Man would feel like flying around inside of his you know, mechanized suit. Uh, so I think if you get a game that's actually built around that, I think uh, I think you can really do some cool stuff. Having still not played Avengers at all, uh, can you fly with Iron Man in Avengers? I believe you can, yeah. Or is it, or really, since it's not open world, is it really just like essentially a hover? Like are you just hovering? It's a hover, yeah. Whipping around the map? Hover seems more like it. I could see that being cool, but that's kind of a downside because the one thing that was actually sick about Anthem was just loading into a into a thing and then just quickly flying and looping around all these big caverns and huge trees. And it felt it had the scale that you needed to make that feel epic. And I think that might be where uh, some people think that Marvel's Avengers was lacking. Uh, even if it was solid enough in how he played, it still lacks it lacks some of the spectacle around the idea of what an Iron Man would feel like. You know, we see Iron Man fly towards the moon in the first movie. He does. He and flies into if space. If you don't, yeah, if you don't get that sense out of there, you feel like you're missing a quintessential part of uh, of Iron Man and what his abilities should be. So it's kind of interesting. Um, I don't know. Avalanche clearly are, are they make really good games uh, as has been known for a while. They're they're They make good technically sound games and Hogwarts will be a really big test as to whether or not they'll stand the test of time Different with some Avalanche. of these licensed games. Oh, hold on. Is this uh is this a just cause Avalanche? Correct. Oh man. Sounds cooler, huh? It actually kind of does. 
<laughs> and yeah, it also makes it sound that, like but. this would have been uh, open world uh, in a way that I can understand more. Because if I think about the way they do Just Cause, this is going to sound weird, but the Just Cause 2 demo, I played a ton where you could just grapple hook. And what we do is we would shoot propane tanks and as they'd start to fly up, grapple onto them and then ride them up into the air. And in mm-hmm. so many ways, that's essentially Iron Man. <laughs> I was flying through the air with yeah. fire propellant. I mean, you know, uh, man, I'm almost think that that's more exciting than if it was the other avalanche. We know make <laughs> good games, but I've always thought that just cause didn't have the story stuff needed to make me care about playing those games but i think that they're just general exploration around their ridiculous worlds has been fun i would agree has been fun hmm i like them so yeah, i will we'll say i yeah i really i really wonder you know that was around the time when disney right before disney ended up uh backing out of the games development completely uh which is when we saw the death of the original LucasArts gaming division, you know? I do. So know. whenever it's they. they yeah, peace. That, that sucks. Yeah. All right. Next piece of news 2023 continues to grow as fat as Aunt Marge. Hogwarts Legacy has been delayed into the beginning of next year, which may not be new news to you, but we know that we missed it, particularly on this show around the time that it happened. Um, it came out in between episodes. So if for some reason you were in the dark, the game is now releasing on February 10th, 2023. And they say it's for polish. This is probably accurate um, as there's a lot riding on that game. But I guess there is always a chance that this also moved because of God of War. (laughs) It definitely (laughs) moved because of God of War. uh, Those looking to cross platform nine and three quarters will have to wait a bit longer. Say that with less interest, Kingdom Hearts boy. <laughs> what? I was just joking with you. Actually, I know this sounds weird. I just got caught up on the fact of, I don't even know why I didn't think about this. In my head, fra- and I really, it's stupid. I In can't believe I thought head. this. I was thinking that fractions, for some reason, I'm going to make myself sound stupid here, potentially. I was thinking fractions were a part of the American measurement systems and everything, because everything else will just kind of go by. I'm thinking of tools. You go by like 10 millimeter yes. versus and, instead of going with whatever the cl- closest equivalent would be uh, in a fractioned <laughs> socket here. <laughs> and so in my mind, I was like, I never, in my mind, I was like, why have I never thought about the fact that Harry Potter has a fraction in its platform and that shouldn't make sense, but Fractions still exist. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, man, clearly I've been doing too much work with uh, mechanical stuff lately and uh, seeing the difference between SAE and uh, metric system things is... (laughs) Dude, I think you're just high as shit. I've never never smoked in my life. (laughs) (laughs) I would be hard-pressed to believe you after your performance today. (laughs) Listen, you don't need the drugs when you're as... Whatever as I If you give me that like (laughs) high as life BS, I'll fucking jump through the screen and choke you. I'm I'm not going to say that. Fucking bathroom fucking uh, motivational quotes right there. I hate people who do stuff. I guess arguably if you're someone born with uh, that, that, (laughs) you know, gets too much. uh, If your receptors or generators for... Why is my brain going dead right now? Yeah, man. But if you were born, what is what with is the reward THC hormone? In your brain, my brain. serotonin. No, 
serotonin. Yeah, if you, if you just produce too much serotonin, can't you just be high on life? Technically. If your brain just produced C- THC, could you just be high on life? Yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if your brain produced THC, you would you you would you would, you would literally always be high. Be high you, would, on life. you wouldn't even be high because then your body would just be like, Yeah, I'm used to THC, bro. My, I literally function off of it. You make a compelling point. Yeah. It's kind of like when people are like, wouldn't it be weird if, if we had six toes? I'm like, no, bro, it wouldn't be weird if we had six toes. Because we'd have because six Because we would toes. all have always had six toes. So then we'd be like, it'd be weird if we had five toes. <laughs> right. Whatever you're used to is clearly not weird. And like now, if you woke up tomorrow with a sixth toe, yeah, that would be weird. But it wouldn't yeah. be weird if you'd always had six toes. But then you'd just, just be just figuring out how to walk and then eventually it'd be like, yeah, okay, whatever. And then it's fine. Because <laughs> it's funny because that actually, like the girl I'm talking to, she is colorblind. And we we're having a conversation that she didn't even like realize she was colorblind until she went to the doctor because that's just how she saw stuff. And yeah. I almost wonder, right? Is it worse to be told that you don't see color or never know that you don't see color? Right, because if if you never know that you can't see red, then you don't know that the world is more vivid for people, right? Well, it, it depends, because of course I'm not okay. Hold on. I'm not colorblind in any kind of diagnosed way. My wife will often say that she thinks I'm colorblind in the sense of common colorblind, more common colorblindness, where you get like greens and reds and stuff, like your brain sees them mixed or flipped or whatever it be, um, where things are off. I don't really think that's it, but it is one of those things where you're in your head and you don't know. Every time she says that, I'm like, but if I've always been told that this is red, like if I've been told that the top light on a stop sign, a stoplight here in America is red and that means right. a stop, then whatever color I'm seeing there, and I know that to be red, any other thing I see that's close to that, I'm going to call red. And regardless of if I'm seeing red in the same way that you perceive it, we're still essentially agreeing on the color in the long run. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's not kind always of the, the case. Uh, that's kind of the. Um my blue is not necessarily your blue argument. Yeah, which we all kind of know that we're naturally going to perceive things in different ways. Correct. Uh, so that, that's kind of an interesting thing. But yeah, no, colorblindness is interesting. If I remember correctly, um, and, I, and I might be mixed up on who, but I think Josh Ayers, longtime listener, longtime patron, I think he's partially colorblind to some degree. Um, he can confirm or deny with us, but um, I know that it can impact different things. You know, every now and then, even though I don't think I'm colorblind, I will look at colorblind options in games just to see how it changes things out of curiosity more than anything. Um, and it's 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 interesting. Yeah, you're muted, Chris. How did it work? I mean, I saw it. It's just everything that was red became green. Oh, that's interesting. And I can't remember. This is one game in particular I did it for, but I thought that was a, a interesting because there's multiple colorblind modes and I don't know the name of all of them. Uh, but that one in particular was making things that were red appear in a greenish manner because of that. Um, so it's kind of interesting. Uh, I, I am certified for welding and I don't do that for a, a career, but um, when you're doing that line of work, there's a pair of glasses you can get that essentially cancel out red lights um, so that you can do certain things without having to worry about covering your hood or whatever. Um, and they're really interesting because if you wear them to drive, you can't see red lights. So oh, like, that's you, scary. Yeah, you know to stop, but 
you really only know to stop because you look up at the light and there's no color and you're like, well, it's not red. It's not green and it's not yellow. So it's probably red, but I, I wouldn't advise it, but I did it one time whenever I was driving my truck just out of curiosity to see what it would be like. And you don't see people's brake lights or stop lights or anything. It's very unique yeah. way to view the world where red doesn't, doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> red doesn't Sounds weird. exist. Yeah. You could be like those... Uh, have you seen those images of how China sometimes... Uh, China. Uh, no, I <laughs> China. But no, uh, it's where they sometimes censor blood by repainting it white. And it yes, can sometimes make okay, a, yeah. a, a bloodbath look like somebody just... Yeah, 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 yeah. Somebody just Randy Marsh all over the place. Oh, That's what Rod Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's ectoplasm. Um, somebody ate a Boston cream donut. Oh. 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 <laughs> All right, well, that leads us fruits. to the end of the news. You don't really have those around here because not close to Boston. So it's like one of those things. That you it's don't just see a, them very it's often. just a custard filled donut and it's disgusting. I don't eat donuts to be surprised with a cum shot. Like that's vile stuff. I'm gonna throw out I'm gonna throw out my hot donut opinion. Oh god. I think cake cake based donuts are better than normal donuts. Okay. And I, th- I think the best donut that I've that I've ever had, and that is to be fair, because there's plenty of donuts I have, but the best donut I've ever had is a blueberry cake donut. I want the listeners. Now we're talking about food. I want the listeners to send me their ideas for a special that would beat everyone else in my kitchen, because everyone's got to come up with a special. And so far, what I have is to buy just big blocks of mozzarella cheese and cut cut them. Bread them and fry them, and then put smash burgers in there with grilled onions and maybe some bacon. I haven't decided yet. Obviously, some more cheese, but then it's served on a plate covered in marinara sauce. So you you have to. It's a burger. You have to eat with a fork and knife. I think that I think it could work, but also it sounds like you're telling the uh, the listeners to do your work for you. <laughs> I literally just told you I came up with one already, but I want to see. I want to see. I want to see if anyone has some good ideas, and I'll I'll name okay. it after you. I'll put it on my menu as the like Rude Days ninety three burger, or the <laughs> Awesome Dave three three seven pizza. One three three seven. Excuse Sorry, me. the aw- and <laughs> the Awesome Dave one three three seven pizza. <laughs> yeah uh you, you know what i think would be an interesting thing to do essentially do like the nice version of a meal but flip everything so like instead of mashed potatoes so you know it tends to be that mashed potatoes are like the fancy version instead of doing french fries yeah but do like mashed potatoes but then cut the mashed potatoes like flatten them out and smooth them out and then cut them into basically like chicken fry size and then fry the mashed potatoes into mashed potato french fries and then just flip everything in that way so where it's like a really oddly unconventional flip on what you'd expect are you saying i should do a deconstructed turkey uh uh, thanksgiving dinner why not dude (laughs) that would be kind of great yeah I mean, yeah, I think down. there's some fun to be had in there. I'm always interested in seeing, like, like I've always wanted to know how messy I can make a person eat, right? Like, I've always wanted to do, like, a cheeseburger that was a burger, pulled pork, mac and cheese, like, all, this, all the kind of toppings, maybe some brisket in there, and then 
cover the top of it with cheese sauce and just see like will someone eat will there be a person who grabs that with their bare hands covered in cheese sauce and just goes to town i want to know how dirty do that i want to know how dirty you can make a person now i'll tell you the closest we had here these people have to bowl close down (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) But a place we had here that recently closed down, sadly, they were pretty good. Uh, A little expensive, but they were pretty good. Called 30 Burger, local joint. And they had a burger called the Apocalypse. And it was a a beef and bacon patty. So they they chopped up bacon and put it in the Angus beef and cooked the patty that way. On top of that, they had pulled pork. And then they had, uh, and then this might have been an extra I did one time, but they had mac and cheese on it and then a fried egg. Uh, Oh, fried egg is a good good call. Yeah, I love eggs on burgers. Uh, But it was an over easy egg. So when you bit into it, the yolk just goes everywhere, which is delicious. It's it's so good. Uh, But yeah, that with some barbecue sauce on it. And then they had a ghost pepper ketchup and black pepper ketchup. Both are good. all of that together on one thing. I did once yeah. a uh, it was a sweeter oh, yeah. burger. It had it was just regular burger, lettuce, tomato, or no lettuce. It was or no tomato. It was just lettuce, onion, and then we did a caramelized apple, and then honey hot barbecue okay. sauce. It was, it was a back to school burger, so we did an apple. Okay, and yeah, uh, yeah it was actually really good. That was that when I gave great. it to my dad, uh, and I told him what was in it. He was looked at me like I was crazy, and he bit it, and he goes, "You made this." uh for fourth of july whenever we did that here uh saul brought over apple pie baked beans which sounds wild but they were delicious they were very it was a lot though like you know you'd eat like four bites and you're like well i think i might be done but they were really (laughs) good it was kind of weird seeing baked beans which you normally think of as like a very savory thing yeah i don't like and then seeing an entire like an apple wedge (laughs) in that (laughs) i kind of want that recipe it would do it was delicious yeah it, he, he can get really it for good. you i promise it was good he he brought it and it was a hit everyone here ended up liking it and I love almost doing everyone like thought that. what there's no way it'll be good but it was good yeah I, I love doing stuff like that with food like doing like i made once like a ghost pepper chocolate wing sauce for like a uh who has the hottest wing sauce competition i won uh, okay yeah and it was really good <laughs> they were like oh this is delicious <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you nailed it nice That's perfect yeah, I, I mean, talking about food. You, you know, the, whatever you can do to we people talk about, you know, the 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 lambasted Star Wars subvert expectations thing with the last yeah. Jedi. The truth is, is that you do like to have your sub your expectations subverted because well, yeah. if Saul brought if Saul brought baked beans to Fourth of July, first of all, it'd have been fine. I like baked right. beans. Baked beans, no okay. problem, right? Mediocre, but, but when you walk in with what clearly looks like baked beans, and you go, "There's a surprise," and then I go, "Bro, what?" And he's like, "There, it's apple pie baked beans." Immediately, I'm way more interested because I'm like, "What yeah. the hell is an apple pie baked bean?" Well, isn't that the whole philosophy behind, um, pineapple on pizza? Like, I'm gonna be honest with you, like I don't particularly like it, but pineapple is is a good pizza, like a topping. Pineapple and ham or pineapple and prosciutto. You throw some prosciutto and some pineapple on a pizza, I will fuck that up. I will <laughs> eat that. Yeah, I could see that. It depends on how it's done. Uh, I don't hate it. I don't love it either. I don't love pineapple, though. So it's not, the, it's not the sweet factor, right? I'm sure there's probably something I could substitute in with pineapple that's also sweet that I like a little bit more, and it would probably hit me a little bit better. 
Um, but the, the other thing that you come into that is I feel like the marinara that you use on that pizza matters way more because if you yeah. go in with a sweet marinara, you're completely ruining the savory sweet. No. You have you have to go in with a marinara <clears throat> or a, a base sauce. It doesn't have to be a marinara. Whatever your sauce is has to come from a position of being savory for the pineapple sweet activate to even operate the way you want it. And then the ham is supposed to be salty and then it's supposed to all come together. Um, one of the weirdest examples of that I've seen uh, is a local place here did a, uh, a pizza that the base was barbecue sauce and it was a savory barbecue. And then they did cheese and they did, I don't think it was Canadian bacon. It was like actual chunks of ham and Delicious. then uh, pineapple. And, that mm-hmm. was it was interesting because in your in your mind you're like savory barbecue mm-hmm. sauce with a bit of a tang to it and then the tang the sweetness kind of balances out and activates real through it but then you both of the tangs kind of hit it with each other in a way that worked yeah it was all right I thought I would hate it but it was good like, also, I don't know if I'd buy it for myself but it was it, I'm glad I experienced it yeah I don't know I'm very much against anything other than pizza sauce on a pizza like buffalo a buffalo chicken pizza is fine for like one to two pieces and then it's kind of just like this is a lot of this well what is what's not pizza sauce so like I like Alfredo based pizzas like where they use Alfredo as the base I love that it's that's fine but I don't think that's a pizza first off yeah, controversial I mean, take pizza is just crackers but <laughs> you're gonna have to you're gonna have to say a little bit more than that. <laughs> I just noticed that just stopped you for a second. Um, Pizza is just crackers. Pause. Well, I <laughs> I fully believe that you can categorize food into like four categories, and it's I'm not gonna say the categories because I could just I'm just making them up on the spot. But like I'm very much on team. Hot dog is not a sandwich. It's a taco. <laughs> okay. All right. It's a taco. A Chicago pizza is soup in a bread bowl. Pizza itself is just crackers. They're just big crackers with that you eat the the, ta- the sauce off. That's all it is. <sighs> Cereal is soup. <laughs> it's weird because like... I don't agree, but I at least see where you're coming from on each one of them. Even though I don't personally agree, I'm like, there's a, I can see that there's a foundation. Like, you're not trying to tell me that cereal is is meat. Like, you know, you're not like, oh, cereal <laughs> no. is a brisket. <laughs> you know, you're not coming off with something. But I don't necessarily know that I think food should be that simplistic. I don't think it should be able to be broken down that easily. But it's it's you can because it's the same thing as like in fiction. There's only like nine stories. There's only four types of food. It's just how you make it. Like a burger is just mm-hmm. a sandwich that's a hot sandwich, right? It's just a sandwich. Yeah, arguably, yeah. Oh, you mean arguably? Two pieces of bread, meat. Yeah, it's a, it's a sandwich. It, it's a specific type of sandwich, but yes. Look, what you're arguing, and I get it because I, what you're arguing is that subgenres are stupid. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're you're taking the musical argument. Why does it matter if I clarify that this is doom metal if ultimately it still falls under metal? It exactly. may sound different, but it's metal. Like here's the thing, like if I if you ordered a chips and salsa, okay? <laughs> if you ordered yeah. chips and salsa and I gave you a pizza. <laughs> it's not what you're expecting. 
but it's like very close to what you're expecting. <laughs> well, look, this is why this all you do is you subvert it around. You give them flatbread with cheese and pepperoni melted onto it that they dip into marinara. There you go. <laughs> deconstructed pizza in the worst way <laughs> hey no, no joke there's a place here i think that may be a chain gasanos that has a thing called a pizza dia and yeah. it is a it's a tortilla quesadilla with uh-huh. yeah it's a tortilla with just cheese and pepperoni in it with buttered and and done like a quesadilla and you dip it in the marinara and it is wonderful i love it mm. it's so good there's, there's a food thing that i feel like only as a person of color that i can experience i don't think you can ever have this experience in the same way but okay i like to take girls to eventually to like a mexican restaurant where everything on the menu is in spanish okay and yeah. just see how they pronounce everything because yeah. if she pronounces quesadilla quesadilla you are enjoying your night at home after that. After oh that. man, you would love. It doesn't happen all that much. It definitely in more recent years. But when I was younger, people would go through the drive-through at Taco Bell, and you're sitting there with your window down, waiting for your turn, and you'd hear people ordering. Yeah, I'd like me one of them steak quesadillas. <laughs> <laughs> the, the funniest way I ever heard it said was quesadilla. quesadilla. Oh my god, quesadilla! And I thought that was that was hilarious to me. I and heard then, uh, one time a, a lady. Vagina, yeah. One time we were sitting in the Taco Bell lobby when I was in high school. We were eating the back when the the five layer burrito was eighty nine cents. I want oh we, my God. Corey, Corey. I know that you're listening to this. I believe in you. Corey and I have talked about we need to make a red hat like the Trump hats, but instead of make America great again, it's make uh, make five layers eighty nine cents again. Oh, okay. Uh, we think that those would still getting very well. beat up over. We've been talking about them for years. Um, I feel like but, at this point, though, not to interrail your story, but we're kind of just <laughs> going somewhere. Yeah, no, this, this point, episode's over. <laughs> yeah, you should have stopped listening like 20 minutes ago. Uh, we did the news. Follow on Patreon. I have a Twitter. So does Brett. And there's a Facebook group. Also, there's Discord. YouTube.com slash Nartech. Like and subscribe. <laughs> uh, please rate us five stars on iTunes. Um, Tell your friends. Patreon, give us your money. Yep, go to Patreon. If you support the show there, we can do stuff like eat chips and salsa a lot. <laughs> on stream. <laughs> on stream. <laughs> Just us eating I'll, little I'll, Caesars. I'll send Chris, I'll send Chris Mateos so that he can have yeah. some of our nice uh it's it's from a Walmart. I don't know. It comes out of Dallas somewhere, but dude, it's 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 some of the best uh, sauce. I told you about it before. Some oh, of the yeah. best sauce I've ever had. Wait, did you have some while you were here? I think you did. I think so. Yeah, I think it was good. Uh, from what I remember, yeah, it was dude. Good. I cannot believe it's the most shitty looking thing. It's just a little red label with a with like a poorly drawn cartoon pepper with a with a sombrero mm-hmm. and like arms and maracas, <laughs> and it looks like something somebody printed in their basement. But it is so good. It's like I've always said: the best food comes from places that don't care. Mm-hmm. So like, it's either some dude in the back of his pickup truck with like a. F- a campfire in a grill, like cooking you burgers, that burger is going to be banging. Or if you go into some mm-hmm. like hole in the wall with like a D health rating and there might may or may <laughs> not be cockroaches, that place is going to be good. There is, excuse me, a significant distinction though. This is significant and important. If you go into a Chili's with cockroaches, leave. 
<laughs> but if you go into like a hole in the wall mom and pop place with cockroaches, Stay. ideally there's like a brown cat on the counter and they just put your food in its hair. That place, absolutely delicious food. You will enjoy yourself. You'll shit your brains out afterwards, but it'll be delicious. <laughs> but you'll never forget that burger. <laughs> no, you will not. <laughs> Or that Philly cheesesteak. I actually tell you, one of the best Philly cheesesteaks cheese I've steaks. ever had yeah. has has been in one of the worst looking places I've ever been. 100%. I yeah, had, it I, was a banging Philly cheesesteak. I don't remember the name of the place, but it was delicious. W- me and my parents found a place for... Well, my parents found it. It was for Christmas that we did a bunch of Puerto Rican food. And I want you to understand something about this place. I would never go back because I'm shocked I didn't die. But it was the best food I've ever eaten in my life. Best food. Dude, the best best Mexican food that we have in town is a place called Las Ruvo Cabas. And yeah. it is in the smallest building. And every chair and booth in there looks like it's from like the 70s. It's like cheap and it's painted. It's like tables that lean and and like go over. Nobody in there speaks very good English. Just enough to take your order. Right. And I had the, dude, I had the best steak and queso street tacos I have ever had in my life. They were, dude, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. It was delicious. And my buddy got some, I can't remember what he got, but, oh, Saul, uh, we went with uh, his wife and, and my wife and dude, it was, it was so good. I, I keep thinking to myself, I need to go back because it was, it was wonderful. Yeah. It was in a building of a place that used to be called Jeffica's. Jeffica's. And they didn't even like, tr- yeah, they didn't even try to hide anything. They just like where Jeffica's was, they just put Los Ruvel Cabas like on a shitty like printed <laughs> banner. I'm telling you, dude, that place, I, there was that part of me when I walked in where I knew I was like, I don't, I, I get the feeling that this is special. And it was. You just got to know. But Chris, Absolutely. I think that that's about it, man. Uh, <laughs> we can wrap this show up. If you've enjoyed this last random 30 minutes of food, um, you're welcome. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what else to say, um, but it's been an interesting way to round off an episode, if nothing else. So like Chris said, head over to Twitter at Triangle SQRD. Head over to Facebook. There's a group, Triangle Square, PlayStation Podcast. Ask to be entered in there. Gladly we'll let you in. Uh, you can get to the Discord, which we always have linked in the description below. Like he said, rate us if you're listening on podcast services. Like and subscribe if you can, or if you feel like we deserve it, if you're watching on YouTube. Spread the word. Let other people know what they're in. Chris, what is the community stake? Are we going to completely abandon video games? <laughs> It's going to be community's take. <laughs> the community's take is to come up with a special for me to sell at my restaurant. <laughs> a game based one. Okay. Hey, look, you that's can make actually these, a video cool. game based yeah. special. We, yeah, so we could have like, like the. It could work out because the you Mario did a Fast and Furious based special. So I, was just, I did do. We didn't talk about the Fast and Furious special on the show. That was, that was good. I'm proud of all of that work we did for that. Yeah, see? So, look, there, there it is. The community's take will be your opportunity to give Chris your best bet, your best go For, at a Forget uh, about my job. Special. I just want to hear your either your favorite food. Talk to us about food. Give us your food hot takes, your food burning <laughs> questions, <laughs> your yeah. food word salad, right? Anything that yeah. that you have about food, tell me about how. <laughs> tell me why a well done steak is good. It's not, you know. <laughs> defend well done steaks. If, if you want to go crazy, if you want to go crazy, defend undercooked chicken. 
I'm not telling you what to do. I would need it. You can argue, hey. you can argue with me about ketchup being terrible. I will gladly take that right. on. I will this is a this is another thing. Take on anyone. If, I'll trap that bitch. If you put ketchup directly on your fries, you're a psychopath and you should never speak to me. And you can argue why you think it's a good idea. Yeah, Next please time tell me. On Triangle Squared. <laughs> All right. Shout out to our Patreons. A uh, recent one, new one, Stingray X. Uh, of course, it's a sin to win, aka Sean, Awesome Dave1337, Aztec King, Leechion69, The Lord Corgi, Salvador Garcia, Hammond Egger, Bailey Robertson, Mark Schutz, Cypher Primus, Kyle Grimm, Rude Days93, Kevin Bacon Bits, Danny Villiobos, Jehudi. MD, No Fate, Josh Ayers, Derek Porter, Constantly Kenny, Matthew Green, Sean Santarud, Steven Salazar, Shadowist, and of course, my name's Dan. Thank you all. We'll see you next week.